Welcome to the 8th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and alongside me, I have my co-host and Joel to his Ellie, Adrian Pinter. How's it going, buddy? General Kenobi, it's going quite well. Thank you very much for asking. How are you? I'm doing reasonable. I'm doing very reasonable. Just you reasonable? Just, uh, you just got your new puppy, so that's very exciting, I'm I, sure, for you. Yeah, it is. That's all I have to say about it. Yeah, yeah, right. Nah. Yeah, it's fantastic, man. I'm uh, I'm very happy. Uh, She's an adorable little princess. I absolutely love her. She's super, she's just super friendly, super cuddly, incredibly adorable. Yeah, just just a fantastic little It was a Shih Tzu Husky mix. No, it was a Golden Retriever Great Pyrenees mix. Ah, sorry, my mistake. Hey, no worries, man. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has those days. Everybody knows what what I'm talking about. Anyways, yeah. Sure. So, yeah, she's she's fantastic. She's really good. She's super friendly. She's really great with kids. Great with kids? Yeah. Have you shown Ellie off to kids recently? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, so, like, (laughs) the reason... It sounds weird just saying it like that. So I got her from Quebec, Quebec, um, where they have putain. Um, but we had an Airbnb in Ottawa. The Airbnb, not a good time. Let me let me just tell you this. It's a bad choice. Uh, it was a it was in a really good place, and there was this delicious family run taco shop directly next door. It was okay, okay, like okay, a, okay. like a, a family that immigrated from Mexico back in 2012. Wow. I I, I was talking to them. I actually just hit it off with them because. So long story short, we got to the Airbnb. It was around 5 p.m. on the Tuesday evening after we picked up Ellie and brought her there. Going to the Airbnb, the floors are fucking disgusting. They, Why? What was wrong with them? They're just dirty. Just dirty. I had white socks on. They were like black within like five minutes of no walking No way. In. It was disgusting. What kind of flooring was it? It was just like hardwood. Like, well, probably yeah. laminate. Yikes. Yeah. Anyways. So not great flooring. I would have been okay with it if they didn't charge a $80 cleaning fee when they obviously don't fucking clean the like apartment after people using it. Yeah, It was really. incredibly overpriced. Two nights, $300, plus $50 for bringing a pet. So it was like $350 wow. for two nights in this like incredibly small apartment. Otherwise, like it was a nice apartment, but uh, they had a couple rules, like no parties, which I'm okay with. I wanted to have like a couple quiet nights. The apartment directly above us were having quite literally like a domestic the second night, like fucking freaking out. Dispute? Yeah. Like, wow. They're like <laughs> okay. yelling at each other. There's bikes going down the stairs, screaming, like directly right out of our door. And I'm like, it's no way. It's it's midnight. It is literally midnight right now, and there's people screaming. And I was like, this is supposed to be a quiet apartment. Like, you don't want people to have a party, but the people directly above us are like throwing shit on the walls. Probably, I don't know what the hell they were doing. Throwing shit. Yeah, that's it, that's it, what happens it, in a domestic it, dispute. Exactly. They throw shit on um, the walls. It was awful. Again, the uh, the apartment itself was dirty, considering they charge a cleaning fee. They asked us to take out our own garbage. You are charging a cleaning fee. Why the hell am I paying this cleaning fee if I have to take out my own gar- goddamn garbage? Anyway, that is strange. I'm not super familiar with Airbnb, so I'm not sure. Like, how does it? How does a uh, cleaning fee even come out? I, I don't know, man. Do they it, just add true. it to the total? Yeah. In the- yeah. So it's like a hundred dollars a night, but surprise, there's an eighty dollar cleaning fee if you want your pet. It's an extra fifty dollars. Wow. I I happily paid it, like happily. But obviously, they leave out the fact that there's. It doesn't sound like you're happy about it. No, I'm not because I paid for it like prior to realizing that the 
place was dirty and that the people above us are going to be psychopaths. They also advertise that it's free parking. However, it is not free parking. It sounds like the worst Airbnb ever. It's not a great time. I rated them two out of five stars. They rated me five out of five because I'm a good guest. It, it, it claims free parking, but after you pay, they go like, it's free parking in the back of the lot if there are like places like spaces available. There weren't any for the first night. There was the second day. The only reason there was the second day is because I literally got up. So there's free parking on the streets after 530, which is fine. Obviously, we got there shortly after five anyway, so it was fine. I I got to park it right in front of the Airbnb the first time. Who cares? Right. But you had to move your car at 730 in the morning, which I woke up anyways because Ellie was there. I took her for a walk, and then I like kept on moving my car. And 11 was checkout time, which, for one, if you don't check out before 11, they charge you $150. We did on our second night. Anyways. How would they know? Is it Airbnb? I don't know. Maybe they have cameras or sensors or whatever. I, 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 I don't know. They have, like a, like, a person that comes there. I don't know. Anyways, the second day, I, like, just kept on moving my car around every hour in the morning because there was no like nothing longer than one hour parking during the day until I noticed that someone left and then I immediately just drove my car in there and I just parked it but it was like okay I kind of wish you told me this before I did that partway through the second day as well all of a sudden we're inside we're playing with uh, Ellie and then I just hear like an excessive amount of water just pouring what yeah so I open the front door and there's just water coming from the top floor down directly in front of the like like on the the porch and there's water flowing into the apartment no way yeah I'm not joking where was it coming from the uh, upstairs and so I messaged the was uh, it raining no it wasn't raining it wasn't raining either of the two days we were there so I messaged the people I'm like hey there's like a huge leak uh, and there's also water. Sorry, was the door closed? The door was closed. And the, water the water was coming, was coming through the yes, door. so I had to move closed. my shoes. I had to move my shoes to the side, and there's just water flowing. <laughs> no there. way. And so I put my shoes into the bathroom, which is right by the entrance. I open the bathroom door. There is water dripping from the bathroom door, like directly above it. I'm like, did a pipe burst? So I messaged the Airbnb owners, like, oh, we'll have someone out there, like, in the next 30 minutes to check on it. They messaged me back, like, oh, it's just the rain catcher upstairs. How the fuck is there water dripping from the bathroom ceiling because of rain catcher? I was like, whatever. It doesn't matter. Anything else? Um, was there like a, a masked man that burst through the door no. and said, give me all your money? Or? No, no, nothing like that. But oh, again, it was in a really good spot. It was right by Byward Market in Ottawa. Okay. Uh, again, the taco shop next door was fucking awesome. It was delicious. So when we got there, like the doors were closed. So I just assumed they were, the place was closed. And I was kind of bummed. So we ordered poutine through DoorDash uh, from a place called the Great Canadian Poutine Brewery. I just got the classic pulled pork. Bridget got a grilled cheese poutine, which is just a poutine with a grilled cheese sandwich on top. Kind of you know, like square, like like little bits. Oh. Pretty cool. Um, was it good? Uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was all right. But it came in. And when we went outside to pick up the order, the, the doors to the taco shop were open. And, like, the guy came out, and he, like, saw our dog. Like, he saw Ellie pet her. And then, I was like, dude, like, I didn't know you guys were open. Like, like we got here at, like, 5. He's like, oh, no, we were open then. And I was like, but your doors were closed. Like, there was no on sign or open sign. And he's like, oh, yeah, like, we are. It's like, I just ordered food off DoorDash. He's like, oh, like, don't worry about it. And then, I don't know, I was talking to him a bit. And he, like, told me, like, uh, about his family. Like, again, came from Mexico in, like, 2012. It's, uh, it's The place is called, like, Taco del de Oro or something like that. El Taco de Oro. Anyways, we got the poutine. We walked inside, brought Ellie in. And then, like, I took, like, two bites out of my poutine. And I was uh, and I looked at Bridget. I was like, do you want to just order the tacos? Like, we can just heat up the poutine tomorrow for dinner. 
It's like, yeah, let's do it. So I ordered uh, their tacos al pastor, which is like a pork taco with like sliced uh, meat, pineapple, cilantro, wow. like delicious salsa. And then uh, I forget what the other thing's called. It's, it's essentially just fancy taquitos. So good. Both of them were so delicious. I was really hungry again. I'm going to make tacos. We could just stop the podcast right now. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, and we're, we're back. Uh, just made some delicious tacos. Again, I was talking to that <laughs> that fake cut there. So anyways, um, go on. But yeah, so like absolutely delicious. And they weren't open on the Wednesday, which was uh, the second day. So I was like, damn. However, I, I was talking to the one guy that owned it. He was the son of the owner. And then there was a dude uh, sitting in the restaurant as well. And then me and him like kind of just hit it off while I was waiting uh, for our food to come. And I just asked him, like, this place is closed tomorrow. Like, w- what other places do you recommend? And he's like, oh, uh, there's a place called The Grand down by Byward Market where they make uh, fire, like fire roasted pizzas or whatever, whatever you call them, like fire, wood, wood fire ovens, pizzas. Oh. So Bridget and I went there for lunch, brought Ellie, walked her there. She was like absolutely exhausted. She has such short legs. So like the 15 minute walk just like sorry. made her pass that. Bridget? Yeah. No, Ellie. Ellie. Sorry. My dog, my little princess, Ellie. I went with Bridget. Oh, I thought there. you were saying she had short legs. I mean, Bridget does have short legs, but Ellie has shorter legs. So. Right. The dog. The dog yeah. has short legs. <laughs> yeah. So she was like incredibly tired. We got there. Did you what? ever say who Bridget was on the podcast previously? Oh, maybe not. I don't think you did. She's you, my girlfriend. She's talking to me. Yeah, oh, yeah. You just refer to as your... You know, my lover. Yeah, exactly. Bridget's my lover. Every Anyways, episode. My girlfriend. Yeah, my lover. But yeah, we got to the Grand uh, and ordered this appetizer, which was essentially a plate with pesto sauce at the bottom and then fresh mozzarella in the middle with fire-roasted tomatoes around it and crostini. Hmm. Uh, like nice like toasted pieces of baguette. That does sound good. It was delicious. Absolutely delicious. And then we ordered a pizza and it was a shrimp pizza with this like delicious like Parmesan white sauce as opposed to tomato sauce, mm. mozzarella cheese, shrimp, lime, and red onion. Wow. So good. Absolutely delicious. I ate the fuck out of that. So really? It sounds kind of expensive. Was it reasonable? or uh, It was good. Like for, for those two, it was about 45 bucks. Cool. So, uh, $40. After tip, I paid like about 50 Nice. But really, really, really good food. The benefit of that Airbnb is the hosts were very responsive and it was in a really good area. Everything else was awful. Great. Um, but yeah, that's a long-winded uh, way of saying. Ellie's a great dog. Yeah, she's fantastic. Uh, I love her. Was, I love her. Uh, yeah, I was That was about, the question yeah, I asked. <laughs> I started talking about the food I ate. And, and the Airbnb. <laughs> yeah. No, but Ellie's fantastic. She's really great. She's so cute. I just, I'm in love. I'm in love with this little creature. Uh, I miss her. I wish I wasn't here recording this with I'm you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I have to do this to you. Yeah, it's okay, man. Thank you for being here. No I worries, appreciate man. It. No worries, dude. I- I'll do it for you. I'll do it for you and only you. We should uh, start the show like we do typically, which is to talk slightly, just a little bit, about some corrections that uh, I'd like to make about our last week's episode. There's only one correction, unless you've got another one that I don't see written here. No. And it's one... I don't it's make It's not mistakes. really a mistake. It's more of a clarification. I-, I said last week that Timothy Dalton, who's in Doom Patrol... Yes, an actor. I've heard of him. He is also James Bond, and I said that he's he consistently he lands in the top five James Bonds. Yeah, based on various lists that you find out there listing the top James Bonds. My brother specifically pointed out to me after he listened to our show. He said Timothy Dalton is arguably the worst James Bond actor ever. And so then why? I said, I can't remember why is he, he said racist? why. He was in two movies and he didn't like his performance. But anyways, was he racist? Yeah. What? I watched a video that the claimed that James Bond is racist. Yeah, like like the older James Bond that like it's like oh like ten things that didn't age well with James Bond performances oh. or whatever. I, I don't, don't know, think man. that was his argument. 
I don't even remember who they were even talking about. I was I was just baked out of my mind watching random YouTube videos. <laughs> okay. In the middle of the night at like two a.m. So. That's fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was he was just saying that he's the worst. And then I I again I looked it up again because I was fairly certain that that's not the way he's regarded. And he usually lands in the top three. But that's not true either, because you can pretty much roll the dice. There's like 50 lists online. If you look at Reddit and the, the Reddit lists of who's the best James Bond, they're literally random. Like, they're just like, oh, I like Daniel Craig the best. Uh, and Pierce Brosnan's in second. And then most, I would say most often, Sean Connery's in first. Sean Connery. Which I did say last week. The bottom line is, this is a subjective type thing. There's no real answer to this, at least currently. Sean Connery. Anyways, I just want to set the record straight. What else has Sean Connery been in? Is he still alive? Still alive, yeah. yeah. Still alive. What's he been in? He's recently? not been in anything recently. I think he's uh, slightly retired. I, 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 somebody... I thought you were about to say slightly retarded. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I, I know you're not. No. Like, yeah. <laughs> I would never have said that. I know. I know you wouldn't. That's I'm why, pretty sure that's he's... kind of shocked me for a second. He's semi-retired from acting. Uh, but he, what do you mean? He's in Indiana Jones 4? Is he? No, no. Indiana Jones 3. Indiana Jones 4 is a different oh, beast with yeah. fridges that fly through the air. Yeah, the nuked. greatest fridges ever. I believe it's uh, the... Uh, Lead-lined. Fr- Are you making a joke about a movie you haven't seen? Is that what was about to happen? Yeah, that right. sounds like that's what you're going to Okay, do. you know what? Whatever. Anyways, I, I, Indiana I Jones 3, specifically, with uh, Harrison Ford, he plays his dad. He play, what do you mean? What do you, did you mean, like, what has he been in recently, or yeah, what like, has he like, been like, in in general? Yeah, like, what, what like else? He's been he in been lots been, of things. Like, what, what would I know Sean Connery from? Uh, I don't know what you've seen. <laughs> That's a tough one. I've seen everything except for James Bond and Indiana Jones. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, let's move on. Okay. <laughs> All right. I don't know if that really helped your case here. You're I you're said, on a podcast for film and TV. Yeah, man. Here. I've watched quite literally everything except for those two franchises. Everything, everything ever. Ever created, period, full stop. Okay. Well, I'll just take your word for it then. Anyways. But past the corrections, let's get on to what we've been watching. What have you been watching adrian what have you you know the news perhaps tv shows movies yeah so last week i mentioned that i was gonna go to the movie theaters and watch uh unhinged or train to Busan. yeah you did say it. Yeah. How, were, how were the movies dude i didn't go <laughs> no way yeah no surprise there you know as of once you get in once you become a father uh it's oh very God. difficult to make it uh, make time yeah make time yeah um so i was taking care of my little princess Right. Um, okay. However, I make a. I'm gonna make a commitment this week. <laughs> you gonna make another commitment? <laughs> I'm gonna make an upgrade. We're gonna watch Tenet. Yeah, I would Tenet. argue Tenet comes out in Canada Tenet. specifically, not unfortunately in the U.S. currently. Yeah. On <laughs> the 26th, right? Right. Pretty no, sure 26th. it's the 26th. You're right, dude. You're so right. You're honestly. Which was a surprise because the the announcement was for the 28th. 8th, if I recall correctly. It is. It is. What it I was. know also is coming out on the 28th is New Mutants. New Mutants. Uh, not on Disney Plus, but live in theaters. Yeah, it makes sense live. that uh, well, just in theaters would want to move forward because like they they would get demolished by New Mutants. Absolutely oh, of course. Demolished. So they yeah. wanted to move again, again two days forward to really beat the rush. Yeah. Oh, of for course. sure. New Mutants being the uh, Fox-created movie, what was it, like five years ago? Yeah. <laughs> and they never aired Honestly. it. Uh, until Game of Thrones now. was still on uh, season four when they started recording that. Was it actually? I don't know. I'm just making that up. But I honestly, I feel like that's accurate. 
It could be. It yeah. could be accurate. But yeah, what have you been watching? I know what you haven't been watching now. What are you actually, what did you watch this week? So um, while I was at the Airbnb, I watched... The water rush through the doorway. Yeah, I did. I did indeed. That's actually accurate. However, during some of the time that Ellie was uh, sleeping, me and my lover, we watched the new Netflix original movie, Project Power. Oh, great. How, how did you enjoy that movie? Um, it was That's all right. The, just to give it some context, Joseph Gordon-Levitt stars in it. Jamie uh, Foxx. got Jamie Foxx. It's a movie is essentially about a new drug that hits the streets of New Orleans that if you take it, uh, you could either explode or uh, you could tap into power, essentially, like a, like a superpower. Yeah. So you could become super strong or bulletproof or maybe learn to fly or whatever it yeah. might be. And it's, it, it was enjoyable. Uh, did you watch it? I did actually oh, watch nice. it as well, yeah. What did you think of it? I... I don't know, man. I think I, I didn't think it was that great. Oh there's, no, there's some problems with it that I I de- definitely did not like it as much as the old guard for sure. Mm, yeah, honestly, I like the old guard a lot better. Better, and there was moments in this movie that I was pretty disappointed. I think that there's certain moments moments that were actually quite quite great, but I just feel like there's, it left something to be desired and a lot of. I think the concept is actually pretty great. Yeah, no, I agree. I think we're on the same page for this one. I, I really liked the idea, and I like the idea of... So this drug, this, I guess, pharmaceutical company of sorts wants to test it, but the government keeps on denying tests. So instead of them being approved for the test, they just leak their drug on the streets of New Orleans to do testing. Right. Um, and I think that's a really awesome idea. It's a, a really neat concept for sure. And when you take the drug specifically, it, it's about five minutes uh, uh, before yeah. it wears off. And, and you get the power for five minutes. And yeah, and every person has a specific power that they unlock. And right. it's all related to some sort of animal, even though that's kind of unclear on who... Right. And so this is my biggest criticism of this movie, actually, is what are the rules here? And how does that work exactly? Because what, what do animals have to do with your DNA? They're saying they're tapping into your DNA to give you these superpowers. That was the that was what they tell you. Yeah. But they're saying it's an animal power, but you we don't have animal DNA because we're humans. So how did that work out? And I think the rules about how the actual drug work, as much as we just explained it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. No. And so a good example is when we watched Tenet this week. Tenet, yeah. Right, Tenet. When we watched Tenet. It's specifically going to go through the rules and how the reverse, like there's a reverse time concept. I'm sure. Based on the trailer. I assume. All <laughs> right. We don't know exactly I have, what this I is. I have quite literally no idea what Tanae is Or Inception about. is a good example. Inception, they, they, you know, they're going into dreams and there's this concept of dreams. how time moves in the dream and how, how you can get back in multi-levels of the dream and, and how mm. that whole thing works. I think you could tell me, I mean, you may not remember now, but if you watch the movie, you'd be like, okay, I get what Christopher Nolan wrote here. And Jonathan, Jonathan yeah, the Nolan. Yeah, the deeper you get into your dreams, the slower time outside of the dream moves. But you get cetera. this whole concept. Even now, you seem to remember it. And the yeah. way that they explained it is so well done that you're not really confused. So Project Power, I feel like they didn't do this in a big way. And I wonder if they know the rules because I don't think... Based on how they explained it, is I wonder if they just took a half measure and said, well, this is kind of how it works. Yeah. But, like, what animal can light themselves on fire? Name one animal. <laughs> you know? Right. And, that's and, actually early on in the movie. Yeah, that's right. Somebody away. takes a pill and they light themselves. Machine Gun to, Kelly. Actually. Machine Gun Kelly's yeah. character is capable of lighting himself on fire. And so I'm not sure. I'm sure there is, though, because... Jamie Foxx does go through a bunch of animals that can kind of do something like this. Yeah. But I'm not sure. I mean, we'd have to look that up. That part is fine, but the pills are all the same. It's not like you pick the pill that you exactly, choose the animal. Because you're you tapping are- into your 
somehow like, your why DNA are you to a, let... Why are you a fucking shrimp. crayfish? <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like... Why am I a freaking rhinoceros? Yeah. This makes no sense. It's ridiculous. Yeah, um, I don't know. However, the movie itself is still quite enjoyable. The one thing I will give this movie it's credit... It's fun. Is that it's, what... it's, it is a fun time, yeah. I, I um, enjoyed it for the most part. The, the animation, but... like, especially for... So Machine Gun Galley, again, he, he can turn himself on fire, like light himself on fire when yeah, he takes yeah. it. Right. And that's kind of how the movie starts off. And the, the, the effects for that, I think, look awesome. Oh, yeah. I think sure. they look absolutely I think fantastic. the visual effects are really good throughout. And it's a really cool thing that they do is that when your power runs out, so like for Machine Gun Kelly's character, when he, like his power runs out, he's still on fire. So you, you see his character and his face is like slightly burnt and kind of like melted together. Well, it depends on the timing, I assume. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. like he, like his power ran out, but he's still on fire. So his face just melts together. And it's, it's a really cool idea. I, I really, I think there's a, a lot of really awesome ideas in this movie. Really good ideas. But, but I almost feel like it's execution a, was poor. Exactly. I feel like it's very amateur. Yeah, I don't think they, it's a half measure. And That's I, what think, I think it is. I think on top of that, the cinematography also looks very juvenile at points. They do. It, yeah, it, that's it, exa- I have that note here too. It almost reminds me kind of like they wanted to be like an Edgar Wright movie with a bunch of these zoom ins and cool effects with the with the music and stuff, but it fails and it looks corny more than anything. That was one of the issues for me was the the moments they they seem to want to do as many unique types of cinematography. Like as as many shots as they can do. Yeah. Like, like why do you want to do something unique every time? Like just you know go back to basics and then go from there. Yeah, just stick there's with like, the. There's some really good ones though. There's like a fight scene where there's like a there's like a glass. glass I love room, that scene. I love that they, scene. The fight scene you can't really see completely through this glass room because this, the glass is kind of frosted over. Yeah. But they're showing the fight scene. It's a cylinder. It's almost like a, a cylindrical. I don't know what you, you would call it. Like a cylindrical glass room within a room. Yeah, and then they're shooting from the cylindrical glass room that's frosted, has frosted glass, and you can kind of see bits and pieces of this fight choreography playing out while it's all one shot from the inside of this room. Quite interesting. I absolutely yeah I enjoyed that. That's one scene. of my favorite parts. That's probably my favorite. Movie. That was maybe my favorite part of the movie. The the one thing I will give this movie credit for as well is I think the character interactions were at some points corny but i really liked it there there was corny moments that were worse than the old guard for me though. oh 100 the music just didn't fit at the end for instance i feel like this movie took itself very seriously for most of it it felt like a mashup almost like justice league maybe like justice league with yeah. joss whedon you know what i mean like the, uh, yeah like the end of the movie i couldn't understand the music the choice they chose i was like what this movie wasn't really about this movie's so dark throughout and then there's moments where they're trying to be light and i just feel like the tone mashup is like did they use two different director directors for this yeah like it didn't work them for me i don't know the one thing about this movie that immediately stuck out to me is the music itself is just like it's that might be the old guard though old guard yeah. had, or not the old guard just old guard it's, yeah it's just old guard is right? it the old guard it's the old guard yeah it is correct cool yeah sorry yeah there's moments in that movie where you have specifically music that i just feel like didn't fit oh no it definitely this movie is to me worse it it reminded me of if some kid from high school had a really awesome idea idea and filmed a movie with a huge budget like yeah they had and they spent it all on the cg yeah the like cg and the actors. some guy's fingers off as an yeah. example which again it was really great i think the character interactions dominique fishback who plays one of the main characters right 
I I really loved her character. I think she absolutely nailed it, and I loved the relationship that her and Jamie Foxx's character had throughout the movie. No, it was really cool, yeah. It, like, I absolutely adored it, and she's kind of... There were of, some lines in there, though, again, that were just really cheesy that it, I just couldn't... I, I don't know. I'm not really... No, I agree. I agree. Fan. Like, the writing was, again, mediocre yeah, at, it was, at times. It, it felt rushed, like, kind of like, how do I make these two characters start liking each other all of a sudden? Yeah. And... I think the relationship between her character, Gordon Levitt's character, and Jamie Foxx, I feel like that dynamic played well. It, it really did. The characters that I didn't like were the villains were like nameless villains. They, they didn't develop so any of the villains, wanted. and they kept introducing more of them. There's just that. W- the, the woman, right? The exactly Amy, Amy Landecker? Yeah, Amy Landecker's character. What was her name? I don't fucking know. We don't know. learn anything about her. It, it's like they had a she had a relationship in some way with Jamie Foxx's character. Like they knew each other. Yeah, but they didn't explain anything. Uh, but yeah, there's some sort of relationship between her and Jamie Foxx, and it's unexplained. They kind of explain some of it, but it's so vague. Like, like what? It's so vague. Yeah, I don't know. A lot of uh, this movie as well is um, what's what's the phrase? I guess plot convenience. Like, how do we get this character here to here? Ah, let's just cut out how they got there. I felt like they did that Maybe. a lot, especially nearing the end of the movie. There's this almost like a heist sort of style portion at the end of the movie. And it's like, oh, th- there's a base full of guards, right? Mm. But all of a sudden, the character just made it inside. And, and it's just like, oh, yeah, I guess we just have to assume they snuck past every single person. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. And it's just, no, and yeah, they do it over and over again. Yeah. And instead of like showing how the character got from point A to point B, they're just at point B all of a sudden. And it happened, like, more times than I could count. I think like, that, like, like the university or, like, the college student who's making a film is a good analogy. Yeah. I think that that it kind of works because it does feel like, again, they had a budget and the concept was great. And I just don't think it was well executed. No. It could have been so much better. I wonder if they'll make a sequel for this. I w- I'm going to guess because, again, people are still stuck at home in some regard. Yeah. I mean, not as much as maybe before and like, the start of COVID. Um, so when the old guard came out, it was uh, it did very well. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they'll make a sequel because of how many people end up watching this movie. But I'm kind of hoping that they go a different direction with maybe the writing staff, but maybe I don't know if maybe the writers were rushed when they made this or something. You can use this. This concept is good. Can you make something good with it? Because this to me did not. No, I, I was disappointed. No, I agree. Again, but I had a fun time with it. Me like too. You mentioned, uh, like I didn't hate the movie. Would you recommend this movie? No, anyway. that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. recommend it. I I would if you have absolutely nothing else to watch and you want to watch some sort of mindless. Movie. Do you always? Do you, is there any time that you have nothing else to watch though? Just you know, get a free trial of Quibi or or yeah, sign into true. YouTube and watch Amaletto or something. I would recommend Project Power over American Pickle. Oh, I would not. <laughs> I would not at all. That movie, I, I think it. American Pickle is an objectively better movie, but I American Pickle also I knows had, what it is. Yeah. I don't think Project Power knows what it is because of the tonal problems. Yeah, I just think that the tone issues are not like you can clearly see the problems. It's so dark through parts, and I'm like, wow, Jamie Foxx's character is really dark, yeah, and then it goes into like a weird like light mode, and in, in a weird sense, like I don't know this guy because like I get it, like the relationship between. Fishback's character and... Fox's uh, character. Fox's character. Or Robin and Art. 
Yeah. They're uh, I, interesting. I, really, I, I really, really liked that. That was my favorite. I loved how well they played off each other. There's a, there's a scene when they're together uh, later on in the movie. Because Fishback's character, she's kind of like a slacker, doesn't want to do anything. She's one of the, I guess, people that are pushing the drug on the street. She's like a third, drug dealer. Yeah, like a drug dealer. And, low um, level. And yeah, like, I don't know. She eventually meets Jimmy Fox's character and, uh, you know, like he kind of attacks her and being like you know you're a black you're a woman and you're you're broke or, or something along those lines like what do you even have to show for it and then she's like oh like i want to be a rapper yeah we, we've and shown then, early on that she's good at rap like yeah right in the beginning of the movie and uh like he's like okay like let's then rap for me and then he like gives her like a word and then she like goes off and at first i thought it was corny but the longer that scene went on the more i kind of liked it because you no, like, I enjoyed that scene. I think Jamie Foxx is such a good actor that you can see him like kind of like being like, damn, this girl's good. Like He was stubborn initially yeah. and he kind of comes around. Again, that moment's great, but that's one of their, again, good moments, and that's why I'm saying there's a tonal issue. Yeah. What, why can't they do something like that throughout? Why, why do they... I don't know. It's like there's parts of the movie cut out. Again, it just reminds me in that way of Justice League. Like mm-hmm. there's, there's scenes that we didn't see or there's just subtext behind the villains that just aren't th- isn't there. There's no explanation of how this drug truly works. And they try to explain it ham-fistedly and it becomes this weird thing about animals near the end that I don't think it was in the beginning yeah, of the movie. Not- I just don't understand like Wonder it, what the most powerful animal is? It's a fucking shrimp. <laughs> it's like what? Yeah, I don't know. Again, like what? I don't recommend this. I hope that they they learn that this movie isn't that well. Although it's like sixty percent of Rotten Tomatoes, by the way. It's it not is. Even that low. Yeah. I just hope that if they do plan on making a second movie, just don't go through the motions. That's my mm-hmm. my thing. No half measures. But yeah, I think we're both on the same page, which is nice. Uh, what else have you been watching? I've been watching. I actually watched the the Hugh Jackman starring movie Bad Education. Oh, which is an Emmy nominated. nominated. Jinx, film. you and my relationship and two kids continue. Yeah, a lot of kids were racking up here, but specifically, it's quite good. I yeah. really liked it. It's, it's HBO. Emmy. It's HBO. And actually, it may be questioned based on its quality. What makes them choose? Like Warner Brothers chooses, this is going to go on HBO instead of launching it like in theaters. Because at the time when this movie launched, I think it was pre-COVID. It came out earlier this year, 100%. It did for sure. Was it I, February? Yeah, it was strange. It's just strange to me. Like, why is this a straight-to-TV mo- movie? Like a straight-to-TV movie in quotations, I guess I should say. Because it's not something that's... Uh, April 25th, 2020. That's kind of weird. So I guess it was post-COVID. So it was post-COVID many months after. But they already had decided that it was going to be HBO, though. Mm-hmm. Because I, I saw the trailer for this, and I think it was on Hugh Jackman's social media or something like that. It's 93 on Rotten Tomatoes. No, it's it's pretty great. I really like it. It's based on a true story. The concept is Hugh Jackman and Allison Janney's characters are kind of... They're big in like the... Well, for one thing, Hugh Jackman's the superintendent of schools. And so he, his name is Frank Tassone, again, based on a true story. And he becomes a suspect in a school system embezzlement scandal. So the money that's being basically funded from the government, from taxpayers, I guess, mm-hmm. how the funds are being diverted, there's a, there's a question there. And so that's really the whole concept of this idea. And Hugh Jackman's character, again, Frank Tassone, is really well regarded because the school district he's working in is the fourth best in the United States. And many believe it's because of Frank Tassone that this is the case. And so he's in charge of all of these people. And he was, he, again, he was chosen for this job by, uh, I believe it was Ray Romano's character, which is cool. He's in this as well. Oh, that's awesome. Ray Romano from uh, The Big Sick. Yeah. His most known mo- role, yeah. The Big Sick. Great movie. I great, love that movie. The Big Sick's amazing. 
obviously every everybody loves Raymond. Um, so he was great in that. Yeah, movie. Ray Romano. Everybody loves Ray Romano. Yeah. Yeah, especially in the Big Sick. But yeah, no, Hugh Jackman's performance is phenomenal. Allison Janney once again is really great as she has been for the last few years, especially. And it takes some interesting plot twists and turns throughout that you won't expect. They make you follow Hugh Jackman and how great he is, and he's perceived by the public as such a great figure because the school districts. I didn't really realize this was even a thing. But when school districts are are well regarded in an area, it increases the price of the houses in the area. So the housing market benefits directly from having a school district that's one of the best in the country, in the U.S., I guess. I guess that makes sense. It does make sense. Yeah. And so this is a big thing. And so lots of people love Frank Disson, and they also love his the people who work for him because of this. Uh, and he, so he's trying to get it to number one. That's his goal, his dream, is to get it to number one. You're following this guy. People love this guy. And then you're kind of, you're following along with the people that love him who live in the area, mm. this scandal. And whether he, again, f- comes out into a, in a good light or a bad light, I'll let you find out by watching the film. But it's definitely worth it's watching. It's on Crave here in Canada? It's on Crave here in Canada because cool. it's an HBO show. I don't think it was designed as an HBO Max show to be launched. It was just an movie. HBO movie. Yeah. Sorry, I said show. Movie. It's an HBO movie that was launched specifically on the HBO network. And it's on HBO Max, I'm sure, now. But HBO Max obviously hadn't been launched until recently. So, so yeah, definitely recommend it. Sweet. Great movie. I'm curious to see. So this is what I was saying before about this is a t- made-for-TV movie, again, in quotations. Is this going to be up for any awards and the Oscars? Like, how does that work? Because it was a very good movie. And I'm wondering, like, it reminded me actually a little bit of uh, the movie Spotlight with Mark Ruffalo. and uh, Never about- watched it yet. That movie won, won Best Picture. Twenty sixteen. I don't think it was better than that movie. That movie was like really like fantastic, yeah, and that, it's clearly fantastic because it won Best Picture. Best picture. But I, it reminded me in the way that it was done, the style of it. It, it did remind me of that. I wonder will will it be up for any other awards? Like what stops it from getting bigger awards? Does, does being a TV movie ever hinder a, a movie like this? And why wasn't it in theaters? Because I feel like they could have just launched this in theaters theoretically. But hard to know. Hmm. I'm not certain about that. What else have you been watching? Anything? So, funnily enough, I watched most of the first season of The Umbrella Academy. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool. Did you like it? Um, Yeah, actually. It's, it didn't look bad. It doesn't look bad. It's just too many shows like this. And I, just... I know. So, I watched the first three episodes of The Umbrella Academy when it initially released. And there was something about it that just didn't click for me. Like, just did not. And I just stopped watching it. I was oh, like, okay. I think partway through the third episode, I'm like, I, I don't want to watch this anymore. So I stopped. And uh, when when we were in Ottawa with Bridget, uh, we had some downtime, and Bridget's like, oh, I'm going to start. She just tr- put on the first episode of The Umbrella Academy. And I was like, oh, like I don't know. I already watched this. I didn't really like it. She's like, oh, you know, I heard really good things. Like a bunch of my friends really like it. So I just kind of sat down, and I was playing with Ellie most of the time. And then, you know, just kind of caught up to where we were at. We watched, I think, the first seven out of ten episodes, like, over the course of a day or two. And it's really good, actually. I don't know what it was about this time. Maybe I was just in a better headspace, but it actually clicked this time. And I really like the cast of characters. The premise of the show is that there is, I believe they say 43. I I might be pulling this out of my ass, but I I remember uh, 43 women that give birth to children with like at the exact same time on planet earth that they didn't have sex or anything. All of a sudden they just grow a belly and then birth a child just 
right away. Within like they didn't have to wait nine months. They no, just within, have a child. within like a minute. Oh, so wow. yeah, like so they just grow a belly and then birth a child. And there's this like billionaire guy that he hears about this and he tries to buy all the children. So this is based on a comic book. It's actually written by the My Chemical Romance lead singer, oddly enough. Huh. Um, so the billionaire tries to buy all of the babies and he buys seven of them off these women. And instead of giving these people names, they do have names, but he gives them each numbers. And the numbers is in relation to their usefulness in terms of the, like the superpowers they have. So number sounds, one, sounds like a bit of an asshole. This film. He's a total dickhead. Yeah. Um, and so like number one is like this guy that's just super strong. Uh, number two is just like very like agile, very good. Uh, number three, if I recall correctly, he can speak to uh, dead people. And then they each have like a like a, a different power. And then number seven is like Ellen Page's character, and she doesn't have any power. At least not yet. I don't know if they're going to reveal that she does have something or not. But at the beginning of the show, she doesn't have anything. And I haven't gotten to the point where they show anything. So they they essentially grow up together and he like builds them as like a superhero team to like kind of like fight crime. And, you know, he has his like wife that's like the mom to these people. But it's actually a robot that he creates. Oh. And then they also have a butler who's does she, a... Does she look like a robot? or No, she, she looks, looks like, like a human a, being. But so just she's really good have, AI. Yeah. Oh, cool. And then, like, he has a butler that's a literal chimpanzee. And the the animation for, like, the chimpanzee character is fantastic. The guy's name is Pogo. Maybe it's a real chimpanzee. Yeah. Yeah, they told him how to speak. You, may, you never know. And yeah, you know, these days, anything's possible. Practical effects are way better. It's true. But it's actually really good. It's a really cool idea. And they all kind of reconvene because their father, they assume, got murdered. He, he's dead, and then they kind of all meet each other. One of the seven is dead uh, at the beginning of the show. Oh, no. He's already dead. He died. You don't know why he died. I'm sure they'll they'll reveal it eventually. And the guy that can see dead people hangs out with him all the time. So, like, the, the, the seventh family member is always in, in the show, but only the guy that can see dead people can see him. Gotcha. So, so it's a cool idea. It's Robert Sheehan. He, I, I know him because I watched misfits which is like a british tv show fantastic show i absolutely love it he's the guy that can see dead people and then he yeah he's the guy that talks to the brother something but and ellen page is like the main character one of the main characters as well she's probably the most notable actress but anyways they they all get together and put uh, one of the one of the people that are part of the seven i forget what number is he can time travel well he can teleport and then eventually sounds like a number one to me yeah i know uh like he can teleport but eventually he learns how to time travel and then instead of that's like this is uh, very convoluted. Uh, that's like Hiro Nakamura, kind of yeah, from yeah. Hero, of course, the show. Yeah, Heroes. Heroes, sorry. Yeah, but long story short, the guy, the kid, who's actually a grown man, because the world ends. The world ends, uh, and he tele like he time travels back into seven days before the apocalypse is about to begin and then goes into like his like childlike body but the the kid that plays him does an amazing job making you believe he's an old man in a kid's body like it's actually like fantastic i i legitimately forget he's a child and uh yeah he like comes back in time and then like tries to convince like the five other family members that the world's gonna end that and they have to stop the apocalypse. Is this spoiling them? No, this is literally in the first episode. This is like the premise of the TV show. And it kind of like progresses from there. Again, it's really good. It's cool. It's a cool idea because all of them hate each other. Like none of them really get along all that well. And they're all at each other's throats. Hmm. But they have to kind of work together to 
stop the apocalypse but some of them like just don't want anything to do with it some of them don't believe that it's actually happening the guy that time travels back is like you guys are useless like this i'm gonna figure it all out on my own and it kind of goes from there there's people that seem to also be time travelers that's trying to kill the guy that is time traveling like that time traveled back there's a lot of like elements that are going on and i i really like it my main issue with it is some of it is incredibly cringy they do almost like what's the dialogue is a problem or no not not the dialogue but they do like there's some weird editing that i just really hate in the first episode there's like a the part where like they, they play a lot of music in it the soundtrack's actually really good in the show but in the first episode there's a scene where there's a song going on and then it kind of cuts to you see all the characters dancing in their rooms but independently of one another all listening to the same song it's like one of these like Ugh, like it was like a montage but not executed well or yeah like it just looks cringy like i don't know it just made me Weird. cringe and they it's interesting though just you're saying that the you're watching the first season now you haven't yeah. gone to the second no, i haven't gone to the second season the it's second season well is way more regarded yeah it's like a 90 something 90 percent versus 75 for the yeah. first so that's kind of interesting yeah that's kind of yeah so like i'm excited to keep on watching it but yeah there's some weird editing choices that just make me cringe maybe uh, they learned their learn from their mistakes Hopefully. the second season to bring it back to like project power it almost just seems like this like oh like this hipsterish sort of editing i i don't really know how to explain it, it it's it's almost like you have to watch it to hipsterish, understand like they're trying to do something like oh this is cool we can't do anything normal we have yeah. to do it really weird yeah and it's like, like ugh. i think that a good example of cinematography that does that kind of idea of doing unique shots but not always doing it and just really framing the shots really well we talked about this before better call Saul and yeah. breaking bad and they're not forcing anything. It just feels forced was the problem with Project Power. Mm-hmm. Like some of the shots, there's a shot where Jamie Foxx is lying on the ground and they shoot his face from below the ground, but the ground is literally asphalt and you can somehow see his face pressed against like the camera lens. Yeah. Did you remember that shot? I do, I do indeed. Why? Why? It was just a strange moment. I was, this is odd. Anyway, go on. No, that's a good way to put it. That Some of the some of the scenes seem forced. Yeah, it's like a for, you're forcing this because you yeah. want to, I don't know, be be artsy. Yeah. But it's not really artsy if you're just, you're forcing it in. Like, really, it's shoehorned. Like, no. It's almost a little bit cringy at points. But otherwise. we're peg in a round hole type of scenario. Yeah. But otherwise, I, I, I'm really enjoying it. I'm excited to keep on watching it. I still got to finish Better Call Saul. The TV did, just didn't, like, I, I bought Better Call Saul, like, the entire fifth season. On oh, where did you stop? Play. Because the TV that, like, at the Airbnb just have google play on it and we didn't oh. bring a chromecast or an hdmi cable so i see that's kind of why we watched umbrella academy so uh we're gonna finish better call Saul season five and then uh, jump back into umbrella academy cool yeah i do recommend it. like if you have time uh, i would suggest watch it i might do that but it, there's that concept that I, I think i talked about it last week with doom patrol like, uh, doom patrol does look pretty good and it's also very well regarded. It's actually rated higher on Rotten Tomatoes than Umbrella Academy for the first season. Like, hmm. I think their both seasons were ninety. And like with Brendan Fraser and uh, Alan Tudyk and Timothy Dalton, I, I kind of thought I would jump into that. I was choosing between Titans, which is a third last. Yeah, you don't have to watch it. And uh, Doom Patrol and an Umbrella Academy. Also, Doom Patrol. I feel like it, it's edging out Umbrella Academy until you just told me how good it was. Just because of how crazy the DC fandom hype has been like riled up from last uh, Saturday. And we're about to talk about that in the news like in, in a moment. But Yeah, it, it's, it's cool. I agree. I think kind of the issue with Doom Patrol that almost makes me a little bit hesitant is that it's it kind of... It was born out of Titans. Exactly. Is issue with it? Yeah. But Titans just looks like they take themselves too seriously. That was my issue. And yeah. there's a, ro- a guy with a robot face and his name is... Mr. Robot or Robot Man, that's not really what Titans is doing. Everyone's got a different shade of 
care in Titans? What is with that? Are they trying to? It looks like they're trying to siphon from the cartoon, like directly. Yeah, but it's it's not a good rendition. I know it just doesn't make sense. But I love Teen Titans, like the 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 old uh, TV show that and played all on Teletoon here and right, no, yeah. I think it was on YTV. Yeah, here yeah. In Canada. I love Teen Titans. So all good. of the actors are also unknowns, whereas Doom Patrol they looked they picked people that were well known or, or good actors that they've. I don't know we've all known for years being mm-hmm. in other things. That's why it was so surprising to me that when you told me that the first episode of Doom Patrol was literally in Titans, I couldn't believe that. And it turned me off slightly off the show, and that's why I haven't started watching it yet. Alrighty, on to the news. Number one. The two-part DC fandom event kicked off this past Saturday with its first 24-hour event named the Hall of Heroes. The DC website describes fandom as the first of its kind virtual experience for DC superfans globally. Specifically, Fandom is a streaming event with panels for all of the upcoming Warner Brothers DC movie, TV show, comic, and video game properties. We got to see cinematic trailers for Matt Reeves' The Batman, the Snyder Cut of 2017's Justice League, and Wonder Woman 1984. Additionally, we got to see the entire all-star cast of director James Gunn's Suicide Squad come together to discuss which supervillains they each will be playing in the film. Gunn also shared a behind-the-scenes look at the movie, which has actually finished filming pre-pandemic and is now in post-production. Despite only being in pre-production, panels for director Andy Muschietti's Flash movie, Black Adam starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson, director James Wan's Aquaman, and Shazam! Fury of the Gods starring Zachary Levi were also showcased as well. Overall, there was quite a bit of hype for the concept of the DC multiverse and its influence on the current state of both the TV show and film DC universes. The event was largely influenced by DC Chief Creative Officer and notorious comic book artist, writer, and editor Jim Lee. The second part of the DC Fandom will air on September 12th as another 24-hour event. This was quite the event. I watched the whole thing pretty much, pretty much. Mm-hmm. What did you think of it? I know you wa- didn't watch the whole thing, but you no, definitely... I watched. Yeah, I watched all the trailers and all those like snippets. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely awesome. Like, who would have thought that, uh, again... Batman v Superman, great movie. I absolutely love that movie. But obviously I love the MCU and things like that. Who would have thought that in 2020 I would be more excited to see what DC's coming out with in terms of their movie slate than what Marvel has in line? Right, because the DCU has been pretty much a disaster thus far. It's just a mess of things. and They don't really have any kind of cohesive vision. But this showed that they actually have a cohesive vision. They literally had a panel. I don't know if you've watched this part. There's a panel for the multiverse to explain how they are diving into all of these properties and they're picking and choosing great creators and uh, great stories to tell based on the scripts, but they may not connect directly, but connect through the multiverse. So alternate timelines are the way they're doing this. Did they talk about the Joker movie at all? Like with Joaquin They Phoenix? didn't reference that that I saw. That was actually part of like mm. the maybe, I maybe missed an hour of the event because they repeated it three times. So there's an, there were encore events the only way i was able to do it is because i was i was at work so i I had to i watched it in snippets so i just kept looking at the schedule as to what i was missing and then pieced it together they did talk about the joker at one point i don't know if they actually talked about his role in a multiverse type setting but that would be really cool is that you just wanted what joaquin phoenix to meet uh rub at that and bats uh joker whatever whoever that may be or oh yeah his batman that would be interesting too Mm -hmm. But no, man, this is absolutely awesome. I'm just going to dive right into the trailer for Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yeah, for sure. What an amazing freaking trailer. Very good. 
Dude, it is so stellar, and I am beyond excited for this movie. Like, sorry, not movie, miniseries, a four-hour miniseries separated yeah. into four one-hour episodes. Right. So we, we have a mutual friend who did not like Man of Steel, nor did he like Batman v Superman, nor did he like Justice League. That messaged me the trailer, and he's like, oh my goodness, this, this trailer looks freaking fantastic and the idea but then that again it, if you didn't like batman versus superman he's not gonna like this movie yeah so it's, it's like it's not really relevant yeah i know but. you fucking poser you you little <laughs> okay you bandwagoning son of a bitch right uh but no like it looked so stellar the hallelujah like the leonard cohen rendition of it is such a good choice for this trailer i know and uh the trailer has no dialogue until the last like 15 seconds of it it's just these scenes that in the Zack Snyder style of slow motion and it's so good. Slow, it's just the way Man of Steel and Batman vs Superman were. I still vividly remember some of the shots from having. I only watched I think Batman vs Superman twice. We talk highly of it, yeah. but I've seen it twice. Man I've of Steel the same thrice, way. Thrice. There's like a moment from I think it's above Superman's head where mm-hmm. there's this woman on a raft like holding her hand. Yes. Up. Yes. In Batman vs Superman and, and Super, you could just see Superman's cape like floating in the wind. It's so visually awe-inspiring. It really, it's it's like a, it's really like a frame in a, in a comic book. And that's Zack Snyder's style and there's moments throughout this trailer over and over again. I find that Zack Snyder almost, he almost makes a very large trailer in the way he makes movies, which is not really a bad thing. I, I find that maybe there could be a little bit more depth to his plot, just a little bit and that's maybe the only criticism I have of Batman vs Superman, but I, I think how dare you? You know what I'm saying? How dare right? you? you? You know what I'm saying? No, I do. I know. Yeah, but no, I, I don't think it suffers from that, especially if you watch the extended cut of Batman vs Superman. So I think good. there's there's plot. There's there's definitely a plot. Yeah, the extended cut. The, yeah, the alt. Sorry, Ultimate Edition or whatever they call it. Batman yeah, the Ultimate Edition. Ultimate Edition. It's it's a really good movie, and it's I, worth the watch. Yeah, for it's sure. definitely worth the watch. But yeah, that's what I feel like. This trailer is. Yeah, it's fantastic. I legitimately cannot wait. And one thing that made me really happy is that Zack Snyder also came out and said. Like, yeah, this is going to be an HBO Max original, but we are going to have distribution, like, throughout the world. Like, there is going to be a way right, for yeah. everyone good to point, watch good it. Good point. Yeah, yeah. So that that's one thing that made me excited. I'm hoping that we just get it on Crave here in That Canada. seems like the most logical thing. I, I really hope that's the case, because, again, we got American Pickle like that. Um, Your favorite movie, American Pickle? Yeah, my number one movie of this 2020. year. 2020, yeah. Um, so I, I'm hoping we get that, but I'm more than willing to pay, you know, $30 for this, like, to, to purchase it. Uh, or forty dollars, fuck man, you know, for one hour like episodes, I'll pay forty bucks for it to purchase it. Yeah, yeah. not to rent, not it to rent on it. a streaming service. Yeah, like if I had to buy it for forty dollars through Crave, hell no. Renting, renting it, and then it goes away. I'll just pirate it at that point. Like I don't, I don't pirate things. I haven't pirated things since high school. We didn't really talk about that actually with Mulan. Is that oh, yeah. just going to be a pirated movie? That I'm going to pirate it. I'm, I ain't going to give Disney a freaking penny of my money for, for If that. it goes straight to streaming, that's just opening it up to pirating anyway. They didn't yeah. think that th- part through. Somebody actually, I didn't, for some reason we never talked about that, but I, I said that to somebody and they're like, oh, I'm just going to torrent it. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm against that. So I, I, I really don't do that. I'll do it just to fuck Disney in the asshole. <laughs> okay. But anyways, back to DC, back yeah. to the other, the opposing force. But yeah, man, it looks absolutely fantastic. I am so excited for this. And the, again, I'm a huge fan of Zack Snyder movies. I even liked, I know like a lot of people don't like Sucker Punch. I really like Sucker Punch. It's just beautiful women beating the shit out of people, but 
there's not much going on otherwise. Uh, but I, I really like that movie. I love his Dawn of the Dead remake. I think it's one of the best zombie movies around, up there with Train of Basson and 28 Days Later. Maybe not as good as those two, but it's really great. He's coming out with his new zombie movie at the end of this year that's a Netflix original. We talked about that last week, where they're replacing Chris D'Elia. I forget who. It's a it's a woman, right? Yeah, Tig Notara. Yeah. Um, She's also a comedian. Yeah, so like they're replacing him in it. But yeah, like... I, I'm very excited. I don't really know what else to say about it other than it looks amazing, and I think it's going to be exactly what I want it to be. I I think so, too. I wonder how much it's going to drastically change. I'm just curious, like a side-by-side view of what Justice League was. It just seems like it it will be very different. The trailer has more scenes of Ray Fisher as Cyborg than the entire movie of the Justice League. I don't know about that, but... All I keep on saying is, like, I can't freaking wait for this. Oh, I can't wait either. But there's so much that I can't wait for. And the second one, I I must say, Suicide Squad looks phenomenal so far. Dude. The the lineup of supervillains that they lined up in that movie, the number of actors, and they're such... It's such an interesting cast of people like John Cena and Idris Elba. Everyone was wondering who Idris Elba was playing for the longest time. They had speculation, and he's playing Bloodsport, which is kind of interesting. John Cena's playing Peacemaker. I love he I called love himself Douchey Captain America. Right. I really liked that. I don't know. I actually really like John Cena. I think he has like a lot of range, surprisingly. He was actually really funny on the on the panel. Yeah. The panel was pretty funny. They did like a, a teams like trivia, almost like trivia pursuit where they split themselves into teams. It was kind of funny. Peter Capaldi's in the in the movie as well. Sean the, Gunn. Sean Gunn's in it, of course. He's playing Weasel, dude. The right. the picture, like the the animation of the Weasel character. They all look ridiculous. It's though. so funny, and like my my expectation is like they're just gonna blow the shit out of Weasel right off the bat, like because like the one well, thing they keep there's gonna on be a couple like, of them. They're gonna die. There's yeah. too many of them. There's just too many characters. Well, they, they literally say like don't get attached. The only people I can confidently be like they're not gonna die. Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn and probably Captain Boomerang. Like those are the two. Oh, that Rick I'm, Flag. Oh, you think Rick Flag might? I think so because he's really the leader. And when they did the the panel, so they, I just said that they were playing that trivia game. Mm-hmm. Viola Davis and it was Viola Davis and uh, Joel Kinnaman were the two leaders of the oh. of the trivia. I mean, it could just be because they were kind of legacy from the David Ayer's Suicide Squad. I think that Rick Flag's a big part of Suicide Squad, and he'll he'll remain. Maybe he won't get that much screen time because he's not the most interesting character. But I think the, the concept of it is you kind of need something to ground these ridiculous characters like polka dot man and a shark what's the guy's name king shark, shark. king shark like all of these characters i feel are... like king shark's gonna survive just because it's just a cool idea to have i a honestly shark. hadn't heard of king shark at all i don't think until this trailer oh really and then literally he's in the suicide squad kill the justice league yeah he's video also game in the harley quinn well. um tv show i just didn't he watch was the also quinn in the TV flash show. tv show too i i, I didn't get he's to in that season part. two I, I got bored of the flash tv yeah. show but king shark's uh, been around for quite a while no he's he's known i just i just didn't see him I, oh also king shark they didn't show off who he's gonna play who's playing him i should say there's an actor playing him on set but his voice uh, is somebody else? And I would love it to be Taika Waititi. That's got to be who it is. Yeah, I was just about to say. Uh, that. Yeah, like I and think there's it's been a be lot Taika of speculation Waititi. online. That's exactly who I thought it was going to be, and then I looked online, and also people thought it was Taika. Yeah, but he's not. He wasn't in the cast. He wasn't on the cast. So uh. Two sides, and they don't list it because they say King Shark, and they don't tell you the name. He's the only actor who they don't list. Also, Flula Borg, a comedian from Germany. He's re- he's hilarious. Und, Und Did you see anything German. with Flula? No. You ever seen anything with Flula? No. 
we wouldn't know about this because we don't talk outside the podcast. Yeah. Look up Fool of Bork. Okay? You're making up that name. His name is Javelin Man. His his character. Yeah, and he's the, ridiculous. Who's Nathan Fillion playing? Is Nathan Fillion he's playing TDK? Oh, who's like that's actually not a character that exists. So there's no character that's called TDK, but there are people that believe that he. I thought he was going to be Arm Fall Off Man or something like right. that. Right, Arm Fall Off Boy, I believe. Oh, it is. Arm Fall Off Boy. And so they, ju- I think they just changed the name because it's a ridiculous name. So they changed his name to like TDK stands for the Detachable Kid. So I think it's the same idea and the same character, but they decided that Arm Fall Off Boy is a little bit too ridiculous. I feel like that would have been. You have a little, we- a literal character called Weasel in it that looks like a, <laughs> like. Like the most messed up. <laughs> Ridiculous. It, it looks like Fantastic Mixer, Mr. Fox style animation in a real life world. Like it literally looks like. Well, you didn't see it. There's no. There, there's the there's the one still image of him. It's no footage. It was just comic book. Yeah, I know, but like, looking, it's just frame. Like it's just the frames. Yeah, I, I don't think so. Did you watch the behind the scenes? Footage? No, I, I watched that like trailer where they just the trailer of the the showcasing yeah. who's in it. No, they, they don't show like him in it. I don't think. Oh they, no, they showed a sh- they showed a behind the scenes. By the way, they showed still. You got to watch the behind the scenes. Okay, though. the behind the scenes is the best thing they launched. Probably it was a Send pretty a long. Link. Like it's too, I don't know if there's a link. There might have been only on the <gasps> DC fandom. I'm not yeah, sure. I, I can look. How if am you I ever can find watch it, it, I hope you can find it. I hope it's, I hope it's on YouTube, but. James Gunn like had like a prepared behind the scenes of people were saying James Gunn there couldn't have been a better director to have been chosen. James Gunn says this is his biggest movie he's ever directed. Yeah, his best okay, cast so I've definitely seen directed some of and that. there's like explosions everywhere. It looks like a seventies action movie. Like it's a it's yeah, a, it's a war movie. Even the posters they remind me of like Apocalypse Now. It's interesting. Like, do we even know anything about this movie other than the cast of characters? Like, like who's the villain? What are they doing? Like, there's no villain. Do we know anything? The villain. Well, they are the villains, so I'm not sure what they <laughs> what's going on. Yeah, fair enough. I don't know. I'm, I'm actually, not sure. I can't wait. The detachable kid, by the way, or like arm fall off boy. The idea is he takes his arm off and beats people with his own arm. That's uh, I can't wait. And you can see, and I'm gonna I show you a picture. Wait. You can't see it, but you'll see it online if you look it up. Nathan Fillion as TDK. You literally see that his arms are detached. There is literally uh. his. You can see the bare bone. So that's how people are speculating that that's what that means. Because they thought that it was detachable kid before. That was rumored. Also, Michael Rooker's in it. Yes. From, obviously, Guardians of the Galaxy plays. Yondu. Yondu, yes. Whistle yeah, Yondu, uh, yeah, he, he's in it. And they just basically poke fun at him the whole time because James Gunn and Michael Rooker go way back and they're like best friends. They're best buds, so the entire panel, he's like, this. Uh, I'm sorry you guys all have to watch this because Michael Rooker is a part of the panel. Multiple times he just like points fun at Michael Rooker. Michael Rooker is playing Savant as well, who looks pretty cool, actually. Never heard of that character, honestly. I wonder if, like... It was just a, it was like a scheduling conflict or whatever, or they tried to get Will Smith back and then couldn't. But I wonder if he regrets it if he decided not to do it because Suicide Squad one was a, like a, train a disaster. Wreck. It's a disaster. Yeah. It's a disaster. It was terrible. So you know, I am so excited for this because it just looks like a more fun version of Guardians of the Galaxy in a lot of ways. It looks like a, a more fun version of the trailer that we saw for Suicide Squad initially, like you mentioned, I don't know which podcast, but a couple weeks back. That is so exciting. I cannot wait. That's a movie that did not get a trailer. Like it got like a behind the scenes footage mashup, but it Mm -hmm. didn't actually get a trailer. It's done filming though. It's in post-production. They're just... Yeah, it's coming out in a year though. I feel like they're going to... It's a while. Yeah, Yeah. I feel like they're just going to take their time because I don't know, you kind of learn... I feel like they must have learned their mistake. They released... 
remember when they released the Batman v Superman trailer like a year and a half, almost two years before the movie even released? Do you remember that? Like the first for time Batman vs Superman. Yeah. So maybe they're just kind of yeah because of Comic Con. I think they yeah. uh, hyped it up for Comic Con and then I think DC uh, or Warner Brothers are, are learning and I, I, I think, think they're learning for sure. This yeah. this event it definitely is like a learning. They've it's learned so awesome. a lot. Because, again, of how much they talked about the multiverse, how much they talked about how even, like, Ezra Miller showing up in the Flash TV show, that kind of concept where Grant Gustin and Ezra Miller meet and they're both playing a Flash Mm -hmm. in various parts of the Warner Brothers universe, that's something that Marvel just didn't do and hasn't done. Even with a show like Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it's just that they just ditched it. Yeah, other than the first season, which they did a really great job with Nick Fury and they did a great job with connecting Winter Soldier and how that was phenomenal. And that's one of the best seasons of the show and then the first it kind of goes down it, it, at, at the midway point on oh. and then after the first season the second season is probably the worst and then it just gets better and better as you go so that that was a problem because again it's so weird and marvel hasn't really had much success in shows at all they haven't done anything really we're waiting on the disney plus shows like the winter soldier was supposed to come out this month this month it's not yeah. happening and it's strange like they're kind of beating marvel now in some respects some of these TV shows, again, are very well regarded. Like Doom, Doom Patrol and Titans, as much as you don't like Titans. Titans actually is not that bad on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. It looks stupid to me. I hate Titans. It's, watch little, it. it's just silly. I just think the acting is not great. Yeah, that's fair. It doesn't look good every time I, look, yeah. I see it. But it, again, it is not badly regarded. I'm confused. Although Arrow is not that badly regarded, too. It usually lands 60% and above every season. Some are 90s. And the ones that are 90s, like that we've watched like in the beginning... Of their yeah, run. season two is fantastic. It's really that. good. So I don't know. It's a like it's a it's a concise story. Like it, it's that show's done now, which I I crazy. almost have a problem wrapping my head around because it's yeah. so strange because it started at all. So it's kind of kind of odd. They went in. They they named the Shazam movie like on Zachary Levi, which is family. really cool. I really loved Shazam. I really I enjoyed liked it as well. It. Marvel formula all the way through. It was hun- Yeah, no, hundred percent. It, it was. Or it is, but it is. It's still really fun, and it's no, funny. I like it. Yeah, no, and I think no Zachary Levi does a really great job. My only kind of issue is that the kid that plays like Billy, like non Shazam version. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there's a slight disconnect when he switches over to Zachary Levi. It, like I didn't believe that the kid was Zachary Levi. Oh no. Okay. Um, at least at the beginning. Eventually, you kind of ease into it, but. Like, he starts off as, like, this depressed kid or whatever, and then all of a sudden gets superpowers, and then he's just like, oh. oh it's pretty exciting. Like, oh, I'm, I'm super cool, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's like Project Power, except better in every way. Uh, yeah, in absolutely every <laughs> aspect. Sorry. I don't know why I um, made that connection. But it is kind of like that, because you, you take a pill, he says a word, and it becomes super Yeah, Shazam! Uh, but yeah, Shazam's it's a, fun, a fun That movie. was a really fun movie. Yeah, it's Shazam. it's hilarious. It's a comedy first, I, I almost feel like. It is. I'm curious to see what they do again because it's usually after the first Marvel formula movie that you get to see something more unique. Like Thor, again, Thor Ragnarok, we've gone through this before, but Winter Soldier, etc. So I'm curious to see what they do, just as I am with Wonder Woman 1984. That looks stellar, man. The trailer, I'm glad we got a trailer for it finally as well. Considering We did it's have a trailer out. before, by the way. Did we? Yeah, they were claiming this was the second trailer, so I, we did must we? have missed it and not talked about it. How um, did we miss well, it? We did not talk about it. We literally didn't have a podcast, so that, yeah. that's why. But I didn't notice. I guess if you look it up, there's I, apparently it's the second trailer. Oh, there must be then. We have to look it up to see. Hmm. But it was a good trailer, though. Yeah, reveal, that was the first reveal for Cheetah, though. Yeah, so Christian Lee as Cheetah. Yeah. And yeah, it looks really awesome. I again, I think Gal Gadot uh, does a, an amazing job as Wonder Woman. She's for one, like 
I mean, she's gorgeous. And I think she's a fantastic actress. She absolutely nails it in that character. I think... Again, when when she's introduced in Batman v Superman with the that music is so good, man. Anything Hans Zimmer makes, <laughs> yeah, I, I absolutely love it. Wow, that was and spot on. Thank you, man. Thank you. Wow. Call me Adrian Zimmer. Oh boy. But yeah, I, I, again, I'm curious about how Steve Trevor comes back to life. That is my number one thing because like every scene that he's in in the in this trailer, they play it off as almost like kind of a comedic moment. Yeah, I don't know what the deal. I'm happy he's alive. Me too. I think Chris Pine's awesome. He's a stellar actor. Yeah, he's, it's a cool dynamic, and you are already have that character development, which was the the main character development you can even use. Because if she just appeared in 1984, none of these people are even alive anymore because it was World War One. Yeah. So there would be no one else. So it's really useful that he Came back. somehow time-traveled. Yeah, my assumption is, so like in the trailer... He got, ah, he flew his plane into the ice and he was frozen for 70 years. No. Um. So in the trailer... Both actors are named Chris. That's true. That's Wow. You know what? You're right. Let's end this podcast right now. Yeah, we've we've been done it. We've cracked it. We've cracked the case. No, but in the trailer, they do a good job. Like with Pedro Pascal, I assume he's one of the villains. I don't know who he's playing, but he's some. Poli- he looks like some greedy politician. But th- there's a narration of him being like, "You can have anything like you want." He's talking to Kristen Wiig's character, I believe. Exactly, and they 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 have that line of dialogue, and then immediately after, they show Wonder Woman with. Chris Pine, uh, with Chris Pine's character. Oh, maybe he's got some kind of, maybe he's another like God of War, God of something. Something. Maybe he, oh, because that first guy, the first villain in the the first movie, Ares was hiding in a human body. Like he was, he was hiding out like dormant. Yeah. And he was also a politician, if I'm not mistaken, but in like World War I era in the UK. So I wonder if that's something, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a good speculation. I yeah, like that's this. the first thing I picked up on uh, when I was watching that. Um, and then, yeah, they kind of... Were you trying to say I'm stupid? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thanks, bud. No worries. Uh, but, yeah, like, th- that's actually one thing I think. So I think may- maybe, like, Wonder Woman meets, like, Pedro Pascal's character, and he can, like, grant wishes. He's some sort of genie of sorts. I don't know. Like, maybe I'm pulling this out of my ass. But, again, uh, from the trailer, like, he's like, oh, I can make anything that you want happen. And immediately after, it's the scene of Wonder Woman and Chris Pine's character reuniting, and then it cuts to Kristen Wiig, you know, wanting to be better than... That's a good point. Like, or Cheetah, wanting to be better than uh, Wonder Woman. So I don't know. That'd be a really cool, like, sort of thing. Like, maybe Wonder Woman has this, like, error in judgment. She deals with Pedro Pascal. We can assume that Chris Pine is going to die again at the end of this movie because he is not in Batman v Superman. And in the non-canon Justice League movie as well, there is a scene where uh, Ben Affleck, Bruce Wayne, like comments on, you know, like Chris Pine, Steve Trevor not being alive anymore. True. Good so, point. So, uh, again, Although that, movie, that was in 1984 and Batman vs. Superman occurs in Like 40 years later, yeah. Like, or 30 some odd years later. Say 2010. Sorry, yeah. was it 2016? Yeah. So it's like 30 years later. But again, he's like, what, like in his 30s, 40s? Like, he's not going to just die. Right. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe he will. Maybe he died somehow in the. So my assumption is that, like, I don't know, you know, she gets this, like, some sort of wish granted or whatever. And then, it has to be ungranted because she, you know, she realizes she got too greedy and, and she's got Yeah, it's one of those Revert it back. And then it's really sad. And I love you. Maybe Steve that's the whole Trevor. movie. Yeah. Maybe that's it. And we just predicted fights, this entire movie. She fights Cheetah because she also wants her, her wish is to be the most powerful woman in the world. So she becomes a, a Cheetah. The armor. 
in that trailer. It's pretty cool, right? How cool does that look with the it's wings and then they, it just like falls off? Really of neat. Yeah. I can't wait. Uh, like, And the animation for Cheetah actually looks really awesome as well. No, it looks good. Everything looks good. Really excited. excited. Patty Jenkins looks like she's also a huge fan of Wonder Woman. And if you watch, again, that panel was very, very hyped because she just believes in that character and she's clearly the right person for the job because she is passionate about it. That was my favorite thing about DC fandom is the passion behind all of these these people, these creators making these movies and uh, creating the comics like Jim Lee, like seeing him talk about this whole universe. And he's kind of, I didn't realize, I guess he's not really the Kevin Feige, but he seems to care about the film and TV universe. He, he seems to know about everything coming together, which is interesting. And I wonder if he was involved before because Maybe. his involvement is very interesting in this because he... No matter what someone who, somebody referenced, he seemed to know what was happening on screen versus comics versus TV shows almost fairly instantly. And he was on a panel with uh, Greg Berlanti. If I'm getting yeah, the guy that uh, does yeah, the Arrowverse. Arrowverse. He's obviously the executive producer for Flash. And he set up that meeting between Barry Allen and Barry Allen. That's so Ezra cool. Miller. And so it's, again, neat because Jim, Jim Lee knew about that whole situation and he orchestrated a lot of it. And I think that they're learning again. I really hope they are because this is really exciting. Yeah, man, I, I, I'm stoked. Uh, just talk briefly, I guess about the rock as black Adam. They did a quick, there wasn't much in terms of an actual trailer. I don't yeah. know if you saw the brief. Yeah. Like, it's like uh, a boss logic animation that I guess, it's cool. again, Jim Lee. It's really cool that they actually got boss logic to do it because boss logic quite literally like he, he he just does like these fan art things all the time well he's been working for a while like for marvel in various places to oh, do. i don't i don't he realize did the far from home one of the box arts is him he created oh, the, one of the i think the steel book oh for, nice uh, far from home if i recall correctly that's cool so he's done a lot of neat things over time but it was fan art i think initially and then he started to get contracts from some of these that's pretty awesome good for that guy because like I, I always see these awesome like boss logic things. Like he's one of those names that I always see whenever something cool is announced or there's some sort of go- concept art. Like he did the concept art of Emily Blunt and um, John Krasinski as um, like Fantastic Four characters. I, oh, I see. Yeah. yeah, I think that's like more of his hobby. But yeah, that was strange because it's the same thing as his job. But his job is like I think. And sometimes again, he mentions like some somebody will will see some a piece of his like again concept art or. Uh, an idea that he comes up with of, of a mashup of actors in a certain role. For instance, he did Geralt of Rivia. Uh, he chose Henry Cavill before Henry Cavill was cast. Was cast. And he had That's a, cool. I'm, I'm fairly certain. And then he, he reposted it after he was cast. He seems like a fairly humble guy, but it's cool. Like some of the art that you'll notice is people are like critical of it. Like, well, this doesn't look that professional. He's like, this is literally my hobby. Like I'm, I'm posting some of the stuff that's not all worked through. Like, the stuff that's, that I'm posting to, you know, Marvel or DC or, uh, for instance, Valhalla, the Assassin's Creed Valhalla, mm-hmm. he did art for that as well. Oh, that's cool. I don't know about that. Yeah, it's cool. This Black Adam movie is probably the thing I'm least interested about. I'm just kind of excited for it because The Rock, he was... Actually, this whole event is actually kind of cool because it was, took place in the Fandome, which is an actual... It's not a physical place. It's like <laughs> it's a place that exists in, I guess, yeah. the ether or whatever in, in computer graphics. In the multiverse, but, dude. Jim Lee created this specifically, drew it, and then they created it, and then he had a bunch of artists that created this CG thing that had all of these hosts, like Aisha Tyler, who I love Aisha Tyler. Yeah, she hosted the whole thing, of course, star, big star of Archer, and so she was hosting a lot of it, not the whole thing, but she, there was multiple hosts from around the world as well. But they sat, stood in front of green screens, and recorded their voice 
and hosted the hosted certain elements of the show. And then this entire fandom is completely they covered it in art. So this, the entire floor was covered in art for Batman, for instance, for Matt Reeves' Batman. Or if we're talking about Justice League, you had, uh, again, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, whatever it is, based on the, the concept art. And they would use music from various films, like the original Batman with Tim Burton or whatever. It was really well produced, would be something I would say. One of the parts was the Black Adam part. And Black Adam, in this case, The, the Rock. Dwayne, the, the Rock Johnson. He's, I'm not sure if he's on set because his CG was fairly good. But he's standing in this like cavern, I guess, in thousands of years ago. And he's talking about his role. Noah Centineo comes on because he's playing Adam Smasher, specifically in the, in the Black Adam movie. Mm-hmm. But the coolest part was he literally calls out Superman. And he says that, I'm coming for you guys because he's an anti-hero. And yeah, so that's kind of a neat concept. I like the well. idea of the rock playing someone that's not like a good guy. I, he like, might end up being a further villain down the line in the DCU. Theoretically, if they can, which would be cool, create the universe properly. If but, they can properly get Ben Affleck back and yeah. things like that. But we'll see. Uh, yeah. Again, like for me, like this was one of the things that like interested me the least. Um, well, there was very little footage. Yeah, There's nothing like, there. Even like it's Shazam, just, they didn't have anything. Black Adam is interesting because he's a very powerful being. Yeah, like it, so they could set up a villain. What if they could set up a villain as a villain movie and then bring the and then villain bring it into, into that? the DCEU Justice League movie? That would be something that Marvel has not done, actually. That's true. And yeah. it's something that's... That was the problem with the DCU in many's eyes is that they set up the movies by putting all the characters in the in the in one movie right away instead of setting them up each individually like Marvel did, mm-hmm. which was so patient and controlled, and that was the issue I think with the DCU. And so if they could control the villain story and then bring him in, even Thanos was very well designed because they, Amazing, yeah. they kept setting him up, but he was set up in a hero's story each time what if you could set up the villain beforehand and then bring him as an anti-hero he seems to be staged as a very much as a villain yeah but yeah no very exciting Interesting stuff this is amazing let's move on to number two because it's still talking about the dc fandom anyways and yeah my goodness number two during the final stage of the dc fandom event director of the batman matt reeves explained that his movie will take place during batman year two He also divulged the timeline of the HBO Gotham PD TV show being written by Boardwalk Empire creator Terrence Winter when he explained that it would take place during Batman Year One as the new Gotham vigilante just arrives on the scene. When asked about what might make his particular iteration of Batman unique in comparison to previous films, Reeves responded that he was quite focused on fleshing out the concept of Batman being the world's greatest detective as he is known in the DC Comics. The Batman is meant to be very much a grounded detective story at heart. Kenneth Stadelbauer wrote into us again, and he said, Greetings and salivations. Great <laughs> podcast, as always. Questions. What did you think of the trailers for The Batman and the Snyder Cut Justice League? Bonus question. From the card the Riddler left for The Batman, quote, What do liars do when dead? Unquote. My answer is, they lie. Oh. Fairly clever. It's signed Kenneth, as usual, and he's got his typical quote here in addition to his signature. We aren't contractually tied down to rationality. There is no sanity clause. The Joker. Oh. We've already talked about the Snyder Cut Justice League and how excited we are for it, but man, the trailer for the Batman is so fantastic. Best part of the entire thing. Dude, unreal. The, oh, uh, the entire Matt Reeves part, the 
obviously the trailer it's the highlight of the entire dc fandom after a fairly long day of great reveals and trailers so yeah, like I'm super positive on the Planet of the Apes movies, especially Dawn and War, which Matt Reeves like led. I know you're not as big of a fan of them. I know you like those movies. But, I don't like, dislike them. They're like, good. I absolutely adore those I movies. I think they were well plotted out. They planned them out. They're not half measures. They're no project power. Like he knew what he yeah, was doing. Exactly. I think they're great. I, I don't think I just think that there's there's moments in there that that's pull very handedly from other genres and stuff. That was my only yeah. criticism of it. But I, think I, it's I do Tarzan. enjoy them. Yeah, I thought the second one, like Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, was was very much Tarzan, like the movie Tarzan. But it's nowhere close to what Avatar is pulling from Pocahontas. Yeah, exactly. So, again, but yeah, like as soon as I heard that Matt Reeves is going to do a new Batman movie slash trilogy or whatever they, uh, they they were saying, I was incredibly excited. And this trailer really, like, really solidified my like confidence in what's to come. Oh yeah, just just to be clear here, this is twenty five percent of the movie shot at this point. How unbelievable! He mentions is that? that before the trailer launches, he's like, "Just keep in mind, we've only filmed about twenty five to 30 percent of the film." And it's like, it's like it looks what? so good already. How? How did they do that? Suicide Squad didn't even launch a trailer, and they have everything filmed. Yeah, like oh my god, I I cannot like I'm beyond excited for Again, this. Again, don't one. don't let a trailer judge the uh, you know I don't I'm, judge the movie by the trailer. Yeah, I, I'm but. I'm very confident in this. Again, I really really love Matt Reeves as a director after uh, Dawn and War of the Planet of the Apes, and I think Rob Bat Bat and Bat as Batman. You mean Patman? Rob Bat Rob Rob Bat Battinson. <laughs> As Batman. Patman. Patman. Robat Batman. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm, I'm like having a stroke here. Exactly. I think that really, uh, I think he nails it in those like brief, like few lines oh, yeah. that he, that he has. He looks. There's always every single he, time they lo- they tell you who Batman is or like Ben Affleck got backlash. Robert Pattinson got backlash every time. Like, can you trust the, trust these guys just, for a second? Just let it Do happen. you actually see the trailer? I'm so like, good. okay, cool. It's Robert Pattinson. Don't know what that means. Robert Pattinson's an amazing actor. You know this. Like this is a fact. Like watch the lighthouse as an example. Oh my god, what a movie! What a movie. But yeah, no, that he he does nail it. The fight moment in the they Dude. really really doubled down on that. Yeah, man, I was like, holy. That's only shit. one. That's the only movie. Well, there's a moment where he's fighting Selena Kyle, like Catwoman, as well in the that's trailer. That's super cool that we have a Selena Kyle in this. I didn't yeah, know Zoe that Kravitz was gonna. Yeah. Playing. Like I, yeah. I maybe they announced this and I just didn't they even did, realize. Yeah. It was it. one of the first ones with Colin Farrell and Paul Dano. Oh, that's cool. I love her outfit and how like she's apparently not yet. It is Batwoman. Yeah. Like she's not known. Oh, sorry, sorry Catwoman. Catwoman. Yeah, yeah. Like it looks. It looks like she just grabbed a bunch of shit out of her claws and kind of made this like outfit. And I really like it. Again, it's cool that they're going kind of like back to basics. So it's not an origin story, but it's very. They're starting early it in on. year two, and then the again the, PD the show. show, the HBO show, will start in year one. So again, this is this is a universe that I'm super excited for, and now that they're doubling down on, I guess, on the multiverse thing, knowing that not only do we have, you know, like the the Bat flick, we have the Teen Titan Batman, we have uh, the rumored Michael Keaton Batman, uh, all of this sort of stuff that all of these universes might connect in some sort of way. It makes me even more excited. I think Jeffrey Wright as Gordon is going to be. Was well, amazing Fantastic. in the trailer. The narration. Paul he has Dano is the Riddler is also a great choice Dude, too. I know. When you think about it, and the whole idea of it being a detective comics 
detective story. Is, like, is, is he awesome. is the world's greatest detective. That is what he's known to be. And it's, it's odd. And Matt Reeves specifically mentions before the trailer airs, before he's, he's talking about it, he's so passionate about it. And this is the key element I was talking about earlier. Passion. He's the most passionate director, I think, that, that took the stage and talked about it. Maybe Patty Jenkins is him first. Maybe he's second. Whatever. Mm. But he talks about it at length. And he clearly cares about this whole universe in a huge way but he talked about how a lot of these batman stories really all of them they really didn't dive into the detective none of them do like the the animated show does for sure because you have the riddler probably the one that does it the most maybe is like the 1960s batman with adam west which is like camp it was just silly yeah i know and so this is a huge thing is to go this direction is such a good idea and i i think that they should have done this before because they don't really do it and nolan's batman's amazing but they don't do that no. And so I think that this is really cool. Oh, man. Yeah, it's so exciting because it's, it's exciting that they would ever dive into the Riddler. The only time we've seen the Riddler was definitely not that many riddles in uh, the... Was it Joel Schumacher who directed yeah, that one? Yeah, it's but, uh, Batman Forever. Right, with Jim Carrey as the Riddler, and that and wasn't really like, the Riddler. No, it's just, a, it's just Jim Carrey. <laughs> right. It's just Jim Carrey from The Mask. Uh, I really hope they kind of lean into almost like the Batman Arkham games, like that sort of Riddler that is just terrifying. and just. I think the Batman Arkham games, the Riddler is one of the most interesting characters in it. You, don't, you barely see him. In Arkham Asylum especially, there's... All these like. Well, I hope you see him. No, I know we're going to see him. He's very much a you side character. Audio That's my tapes. issue with that anal- that comparison. But Fair yeah, enough. I agree with you. But yeah, you like hear the audio tapes of he's him cool, talking, yeah. and and it's it's just enthralling. Like you're you're hearing this guy talk, and he's so obviously a psychopath. He's like, stringing you along the entire game, for and it's pretty much all of the game. Yeah, I I'm very excited for this. It's crazy because like the more and more I talk about all this stuff, it's like I started this off like the Zack Snyder's uh, Justice League. I'm I'm most excited for it, and then we talked about the Suicide Squad movie. I was like, oh, maybe I'm more excited for this one and then now we're on the batman movie and it's like no like definitely this one there's just Batman's so is the much best character though there's so he's, much to look my forward favorite, to he's my favorite comic book character in general yeah so for it has get to be batman this one in the, the justice league too like you know what i mean we we have batflix batman in in justice league so i know so we're getting both which is it's really unbelievable great. like um, what a world we live in like I know. and this is this is the best possible outcome i feel like dc is really turning around what was a total Disaster. complete mess of a universe where they tried to go the Marvel formula and then they slipped up so many times that now instead of just being like, actually, let's re- reboot it. It's like, no, we're going to continue going on this journey. But there's a multiverse. There are different timelines. There's this. There's that. You know, like because this like Suicide Squad, it happened because in Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey. She directly references that movie. It's okay that it happened. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't mind that and that much. It wasn't like it was terrible, but it's a, such an whatever. Movie. But yeah, like it's. That's I don't why know, I man. think the new one's not really a reboot. It's like a soft reboot in that you can just not reference it, but you can if you like came in clean because you heard the first Suicide Squad was terrible and you don't have to watch it to watch the second one. You're good to go. Yeah, you don't need to know anything. They'll reintroduce these characters to you and you're good. You're good. Definitely. There's just absolutely so much to look forward to. I can't Reeves talked about the Rogues Gallery and the and and how they're going to stack it for the HBO show and how they're going to build it out in a corrupt police force and how they're. It's all about this corrupt police force at the Gotham PD and so that's th- really cool. Like, it's going to be very interesting to see how they. Again, who, which characters they follow? They're gonna. Terrence Winter is gonna be writing out all new characters, like the the writer for Boardwalk Empire, and now the one of the. Did they confirm that Robert Pattinson is gonna be in the Gotham PD show? He didn't and Jeffrey specifically Wright? say that, like, but I have a feeling that he's gonna be in it at some point. Yeah, I don't think he's gonna be that. Uh, he's not gonna be like Gotham. Yeah, where it's like this weird split where you're showing 
uh, Batman growing up from a young age, which is just a dumb concept in the first place. <laughs> like they're gonna probably it's gonna be probably yeah. eight episodes, so really high quality. And they're just I'm guessing they're gonna have him in one or two episodes as somebody who slides in and out of that. Not, not somebody like Nick Fury in Marvel's Legends of Shield, where maybe, he's but, in one episode for about like three minutes, which is cool. But they had to make an excuse why he had to leave and never come back. Yeah, like don't do that. Like he can come in and out because he's important to the Gotham, and that's exactly why I had an issue with Gotham to start. Like the show Gotham, the Fox show. Mm-hmm. Because you just can't... How are you going to run six seasons without Batman ever donning the cape, of, cape and cowl at all? I think he does in the last season. He kind of does before that too, though. He's like wearing a makeshift suit before. And it just was know, cheesy and they didn't do it well. Like they didn't plan it like well enough. And they're like, well, let's improve our ratings. So we can just, you know, kind of kind of have Batman be Batman but not really be Batman. And so year one is going to be interesting too because you mentioned... Catwoman's mm-hmm. suit is all makeshift. And I imagine in year one, because Gotham PD, the TV show on HBO, will end up being him being in a makeshift bat suit, I'm imagining as well. Yeah. Because he's just kind of starting this whole thing. And apparently Reeves has designed it so that he built his own car. Like the Batmobile is something of his own design, just because he's, I guess, got the money. And I don't, I don't know. I'm curious to see if they, did they cast Lucius Fox? I don't believe so. I don't remember that. I don't think they did. You got Andy Serkis as Alfred. As Alfred, and they he also mentions that it's a different Alfred than we've ever seen before. And I hope they lean into the more like badass Alfred, like kind of like Jeremy Irons. Yeah, like but I, I, could beat I the really shit out do. Of you. My favorite thing, one of my favorite things about the Nolan Nolan universe for Batman is how well that relationship between works. Alfred between and uh, Bruce. Michael Caine's Alfred and yeah. Christian Bale's Bruce Wayne. There's just it's something amazing. really touching about it. It's like he's that, his only family, and he influences him so well. Even in the last one, where he's not in it as much, like yeah, in Dark Knight he, Rises. Yeah, like that movie makes you cry. Opinion ma- matters. Yeah, yeah. It's like it, like Michael Caine. Michael Caine for one is one of the greatest what actors. A, what an like, actor! Yeah. And yeah, like there's this. He's scene. gonna be in Tenet when we watch it this weekend. Tenet, yeah, I imagine. I, I Tenet. He's, he's he's been in like every single. I don't think he was in Dunkirk actually, but I'm pretty sure he's gonna be in Tenet. No, wasn't he a voiceover in Dunkirk? Was he? Yes, Michael Caine was in Dunkirk. He was a voiceover. He was on. He was on the radio. It's oh, a cameo. Cool. So yeah, neat. So he's he's been in consistently almost every movie mm-hmm. in the last few years. Yeah, pretty cool. Super cool. Tenet, by the way, right now Tenet. as we're uh, recording this, is at eighty percent of Rotten Tomatoes. It dropped a little bit. It was actually near nearing the ninety percent mark. So I'm curious to see what it is next week. Hopefully, it goes up and not down. Although Interstellar is like a 70-something, which is remarkable to me. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, my God. I don't know That's how. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard Interstellar is amazing. Life. Interstellar is... Dunkirk is more well-regarded. It's like 90-something. Which is ridiculous. Uh, don't get me I wrong. Dunkirk. Dunkirk is fa- phenomenal. It, it's like comparing like amazing things together. But in my personal opinion, Interstellar is one of the greatest movies ever created, period, full stop. Every wow. time I watch Interstellar, it just blows it is my amazing. fucking mind. Like Interstellar is one of those movies. Like I've, I've seen Interstellar. That movie what? makes me cry. That moment, dude. With I the ball my eyes. Time out. travel and he his oh my god. His family grows up in front of the like the tapes. That's such dude, a dude. It's messed up. Wow. Yeah, I've watched Interstellar probably four times now, and every time I watch it, I'm always just in awe about how amazing that movie is. It's amazing. I watched it on my OLED. Like uh, it was one of the first movies I watched on That's my a movie. Any space movie is great dude, on an OLED. Unbelievable, That's for sure. unbelievable. I showed that to uh, Bridget, like my lover. <clears throat> when we started dating and uh yeah like she she was like this movie's amazing i was like yes it is like this movie's oh my god anyways i don't i digress i digress just a quick call out the nirvana song in the trailer for 
Matt Reeves, ba- the Batman. Oh. What a great choice. Yeah, what man. a great choice of song in general. Like, uh, yeah, something in the way. It just works so well in that trip. I just can't believe it's only 25% filmed. Anyways, I am vengeance. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Unreal. Yeah. Wait, I thought you were Batman. <laughs> I, <laughs> I really hope they just have a line like that. That's so ridiculous. Though. I am vengeance. I thought that's a that's a campy line right I like, there. What? I could have sworn you were Batman. I could have sworn. Alrighty. Number three. According to magazine Vanity Fair, Ben Affleck is once again back in as Batman and director Andy Muschietti's upcoming Flash movie. Affleck reprises the role after donning the cape and cowl three times in the DC Extended Universe's Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, Suicide Squad, and Justice League. Affleck bowed out of the series completely after initially committing to both direct and star in a Batman standalone movie in 2016. Muschietti's Flash movie will star Ezra Miller as The Flash and has a script written by Birds of Prey screenwriter Christina Hodson. Hodson's script is said to tap into the concepts explored within the 2011 DC Flashpoint comic book series. Much like the Flashpoint comic, Warner Brothers appears to be leaning into the concept of the DC multiverse when it comes to interweaving the tangle of timelines that currently exist within the DCEU. Although not officially confirmed, Michael Keaton is also strongly rumored to reprise his role as Batman in Muschietti's Flash movie as well. This is what I'm talking about. How can this be this amazing? How can we be getting this? How? After so much crap. Dude, I can't Maybe we're not, though. Maybe it. we're not. Maybe this is too good to be true, you know? This is. This seems too good to be true. And it is. Again, you mentioned earlier uh, Schrodinger's bat. Like, like he's he may not be in it again. I sw- dude, he, he might just I bow out. I don't know. Like, I, I love Ben Affleck. Like, like, I know this is going to sound ridiculous. This is going to make make me sound like, like, like one of these, like, Batman v Superman, like, Fanboys. Fanboys. You're just, you know. Which, again, don't get me wrong. I love those Kool-Aid. movies. I love I love that movie. I absolutely love it. Of course. And But, like, obviously, I think, you know, the Dark Knight trilogy is, like, objectively a better movie. Um, yeah, of course. Than, than Batman v Superman. Right. But I love Ben Affleck's Batman. Me I too. Think, I think he is, in my opinion, in, in just that one, like, just watching him throughout that it movie. looks like a comic. He is so good. He is so good. So believable as Batman. Why do people like him? I'm confused. Dude, they're, Maybe because they don't like the movie, they're or mental. again, they're just sheep, sheeping around. Buck, buck, buck. Little sheeps. Yeah, right. That's a sheep mo- noise. That's that's for gawk, sure. Gawk, 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 gawk. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, no. Like seriously, I, like I'm sounding like a broken record. I cannot fucking wait. I am so excited for all of this stuff. Like it doesn't make sense. That every single announcement from this DC fandom movie, even the thing that I'm not even really this wasn't part of the DC fandom event, by the way. I don't know if you know that. Oh, I never saw this. No, this was announced a couple days prior. It was announced before. I was very confused. Yeah, it's like why would you not? I watched the. By the way, I was going to mention that too. The the flash panel was quite good too. And was it Muschietti's? Uh, no, nothing good for like like showing. Oh, but but yes, in that it was funny, and Ezra Miller was really funny in it. And Ezra Miller is just—he's really good comic relief. I find like he's like the Spider-Man of the DCU theoretically, yeah. and he really cares about the Flash, and he really knows a lot about it. And, and Muschietti—if you notice actually—if you watch it, because that's the movie, it and it chapter two, he wrote both. Yeah, uh, not wrote, or maybe he wrote. He directed both. I don't think it matters because it was wrote by Stephen King, yeah. <laughs> written by Stephen King. But regardless, the idea is you notice all these Easter eggs. All the, all the time with DC movies, for instance, they walk by a, a movie theater and it's I think it was Batman was playing mm-hmm. in the movie theater. 
And it was like he was kind of like writing it in the cards that he was going to, you know, I want to I want to do a, a DC, DC movie. movie. And Jinx. now he gets to do the the Flash, which is really neat. And Hodson's pretty cool cuz Birds of Prey was pretty It's great. Pretty good. It's a really great movie. We talked about that before. Yeah. But it's uh, they read her script apparently and they were really blown away by that script. And I love these panels when for instance James Gunn all his actors are saying how good he is. That's what happened here as well. They were saying Andy Muschietti, like he's got, he's a very empathetic person. Like he, 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 he's a very good director for this. He's gonna make it a very human story, which I'm excited for. Ian, this is gonna be cool. Having Bat Affleck back again, will it happen? Unknown. I think it will. I, I want what I also want I is Jeremy Irons back as well, because I think again we talked about this just previously, but Jeremy Irons Alfred is really so good unique and he's really cool and i just watched actually just before you uh came by for the recording i just watched the scene again where batman's fighting in that warehouse that is maybe the it has to be the best batman fight, fight scene, scene period i don't think there is a, i'm trying to think now if there's a better one in nolan's movie i just don't think there is no that move just the way he's moving and the way he like the amount of i don't know force that he punches with he's fighting to immobilize them as quickly as possible like when he grappling hooks the crate dude throws it at the other at the guy he gets stabbed he takes the knife out and stabs the guy in the arm it's just like what it's just it's brutal and it's how i would imagine he would have to fight and it felt like it was out of a comic book in the way that it was just choreographed yeah he gets shot point like point blank range in the back of the head with his like in his bat helmet Right, and then he just literally looks up and beats the living shit out of that guy. It's just, it's so fantastic. brutal. And there's like a moment where he like elbows a guy, and you just see the saliva, like or like the sweat, like pouring off. It's just, oh, it's just so good. And I'm hoping that that's one of the things about the Matt Reeves Batman. I hope they get the combat correct. That moment, right? In the there's that moment in the trailer, but that's like a standing still moment. Can he fight four dudes like like Ben Affleck's Batman was doing? In that scene, because he's fighting four guys at the same time, and they're all like surrounding him, and he's he's again he's dodging the knives with his bat greaves, and it's, yeah, it, it's awesome. It's Dude. very it's awesome, and Jeremy Irons flying the the bat wing, yes, bat plane, whatever it's called, with drone mode is really badass, and that's what I'm hoping from Andy Circus. But again, if they can bring in Jeremy Irons, continue the DCU from this point. Because he's willing to come back. Apparently, Ben Affleck had a drinking problem. I don't know. If yeah, you yeah. That. No, I heard about that. That's a fair well, you reason see, to leave. A, you you got to take care of yourself first. Of You're course. not going to be in a Batman movie if you can't take care of yourself. And so, I wish Ben Affleck well. And that's a good mm-hmm. reason to not be in the movie. And I can see why he flip flops so many times because maybe he truly did want to be in it. Yeah. And that's the whole. He had to bow out because he had to. Yeah. And it's really sad actually. But if he's back, maybe he's back for a bit. I hope so. Because I in uh, even in the Justice League movie, like you see these like o- obvious shots where it looks like Ben Affleck obviously packed on a few pounds, like scene to scene. Um, oh, I oh I didn't want I I erased that movie from my memory. Yeah, like Justice League. I'm glad you did. I wish I could. Fan. I wish I could. But I don't know. I'm like I I really hope. I mean, uh, Ben Affleck went to rehab as well and yeah uh, as far as i'm aware he's doing better he released that one movie which is very well regarded last year which the is way back or the, the way back so, something like that um which is essentially about like a coach with i meant to watch product. that too because it does look um, like he, he gives a pretty solid performance yeah and i think it's supposed to be about like getting rid of a drinking problem of sorts or but good for good the for way him. back it's called the way back cool 
So I don't know. I'm. I really hope to see Ben Affleck back. I. I'm a big fan of him. I think he's a phenomenal actor. He's an amazing director as well. And yeah, I just again, I'm. I'm a broken record. I cannot wait for this stuff. This is. This is so exciting. And it again, you. You are. You hit it right on the head. This is too good to be true. And if it is, <laughs> I don't know. If it is like, <laughs> yeah, if it is true, like what? Like I what did we know. do to deserve this? In, in this year that is just so much. This is shit. such a disaster. These guys are like a beacon of hope. That there was a moment as well. They were showing like it was kind of cheesy because it's clearly advertisement for CNN, but it was like CNN heroes, and they talked about like doctors and nurses who were like putting their lives on the line for COVID. They feel like it was. This is a feel good event in every way. There's all these fans who are hosting these just prior to going into the panels and I don't know, there's like people from rooster teeth there. They try to like pull everyone together who are huge DC fans to, to really just have the celebration of what DC could be and what it is. And in a time where it's just so bleak out there, yes, it's it's pretty, pretty nice. This event was, I don't know. It might be the most memorable comic-con not a comic-con event that i've ever seen this is more online anyway i've never gone to a comic-con like in san diego what the fuck even happened at comic-con this year do you remember a single thing comic-con home i watched maybe i watched one panel for like half a panel for new mutants (laughs) oh yeah i i quite literally don't remember a single thing from comic-con yeah it was forgettable i don't think there was anything again any trailers that released that they clearly saved everything for this yeah and marvel didn't have anything yeah, they, didn't, they they weren't even at Comic-Con. No, it's weird. Like, they should have... you think that they would have something for their shows, like, a little bit more? Yeah, like, to build uh, some more hype. Winter Soldier show. It seems like they're, like, really scared. I don't know. Again, is this, like, a Bob Chappick, Bob Iger, you know, problem? Like, like I just we talked find, about a few episodes ago, we both hate Bob Chappick. I don't hate Bob We Chappick. hate I Bob Chappick. I wonder if, like, again, like, would, would this happen? Like, there's just no hype at all for Marvel properties at all. They've got these shows that are coming out, and this just doesn't seem to be any hype for them, even though they're coming out soon they don't have any release dates it just seems unlike marvel that kevin feige is so organized he had remember every phase he's got these timelines of movies that are coming out and the reveal they would run their own reveal parties and stuff since the infinity saga is over it just doesn't feel like there's any hype. well it's I definitely it's lost it's like it, it lost steam and it's now been over a year since the last marvel movie it's been over a, an entire year since we We've had another... Which is okay, movie. but like I get COVID's a problem, but I just find that you could probably do something. Yeah, you could. Instead of like put Black Widow on Disney Plus for 50 bucks because you realize that $30 worth for Mulan. I'll pirate so it. It's got to be I'll 50 it. bucks. <laughs> it's so wild. Yeah. Anyway. I'll break the law. It's crazy. Arrest me. But uh, yeah, let's move it on. Moving Heck on. yeah, man! Out of the DC fandom again, Dude, great event. Great I can, event. yeah, I'm, I'm beyond excited. I'm a. This episode should be called "I Can't Wait." Yeah, because I, I've said I can't wait at least fifteen thousand times. Yeah, let's, um, uh, let's leave that. To news. Other things. Number four. In an interview with the Hollywood Reporter, the creators of Stranger Things, the Duffer Brothers, explained that season four of their hit show will not be its last. Stranger Things follows the story of a group of children in the 1980s fighting supernatural evil in the fictional small town of Hawkins, Indiana. The third season of Stranger Things aired at the end of 2019, and it was centered around the grand opening of the new Hawkins Starcourt Mall in the summer of 1985. When asked about the future of the series, creator Ross Duffer said that, quote, Season 4 won't be the end. We know what the end is, and we know when it is. The pandemic has given us time to look ahead, figure out what is best for the show, Starting to fill that out gave us a better idea of how long we need to tell that story, unquote. The production of the upcoming season four is currently on hold due to the coronavirus pandemic and has no release date at this time. 
Dude, I can't wait for this. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, well, we don't even know when it's coming out. Yeah, man. Uh, did you Unsure. like? Do you like Stranger, Stranger Things? I love it. Yeah, it's every great. season. Yeah, I like the last one quite mm-hmm. a bit. Yeah, me too. I, I think you're gonna, I thought you were about to say you didn't like season three or something. No, no, no. I, I really okay. like each season. I know a lot of people like that really loved the first season. That I feel like season two was like the most forgettable. Two season three was not forgettable. I remember it very vi- vividly, actually. But it yeah. was very, it was recent. But the idea of the Russian influence on the story that was really cool. Really cool, like that Cold War vibe. Uh, I really loved mall. that. I thought that there was it added a whole other dynamic. The mall, really cool idea. Eighties kids in the mall. The, the colors they really like dived into. Like they're really teenagers now. The the kids, so they yeah. kind of works a little better. I yeah, I really loved it. I think this, maybe I like the third season the best. I don't I don't want to say that because it was such a new thing when season one came out. But again, season one was awesome. I think I agree with you. I, I think I probably like season three the best. That's the one that I remember the most. To be we fair, we did just watch it. It was yeah. twenty nineteen, the end of twenty nineteen, yeah. like October. But yeah, like it's it's interesting because again, I know a few people that really liked the first season of Stranger Things that right. hated the second season and then just didn't. I didn't hate it. I thought continue it was to watch it. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I think it's the second season. I felt like really delved into that like supernatural aspect um, way more that season three just kind of continues with. Right. Um, on like a whole nother level. Because the first season is, I feel like it's a little bit more grounded in reality, even though part of it doesn't take place in our reality, if that makes any sense. Right. Um, and again, it, it was something new. It was, it, it was something fresh. And uh, it, was, it, was a really cool, it was a really cool idea. And I think the Duffer Brothers uh, created something incredibly special with the first season. And then, again, I really enjoyed season two. I thought that was awesome. And I really loved season three as well. I like specifically remember watching the first season of Stranger Things on Halloween. I watched the first episode on Halloween uh, in 2017, I think. People were just went. raving about this show. Yeah, man, it was that awesome. Year. It was the year of the Stranger Things. Yeah, like it was yeah. It was such a cool, I think they launched at such a perfect time. Halloween is, like I love Halloween. It's one of my favorite holidays. And I think, I feel the most festive, if that makes any sense during Halloween. There's like, I always want to watch horror movies and I always want to play like scary games. And I, I love that sort of like nostalgia that's like specifically tied to Halloween. I have right. some of my favorite memories um, during Halloween, being a kid, going trick-or-treating with my friends and all that sort of stuff. So I think Stranger Things really uh, knocked it out of the park with that whole nostalgia aspect. I mean, I'm not like, I wasn't born in the 80s, so I didn't really fit into that sort of like camp of nostalgia but yeah they nailed it with the halloween sort of stuff and that's i think yeah there was a really season got... season two is when they went trick-or-treating i don't think that was in season one it wasn't i don't think so i think that was mm. the season season two is when season they one's went... christmas based isn't it i think so there was yeah christmas because lights. christmas lights yeah did it air uh on halloween though i because I, I thought so yeah because i specifically remember watching yeah, nightmare it on halloween. before christmas vibes yeah i, guess. I don't know yeah as a note, the Duffer Brothers, it's kind of a neat idea that the Duffer Brothers are now like they're fleshing out this world and they know what's going to happen next because they've had the time with the pandemic. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people and like there's a lot of creators out there spending the time during the pandemic. They have nothing else to do, I guess. And they're they're designing their worlds or things that they were already in development already because they have a little bit more time before these things go back into production. A good example of this actually going back briefly to DC Fandom, I also watched the Neil Gaiman Sandman uh, TV series panel and uh, had oh. Michael Sheen on it as well. It was cool. Neil Gaiman was saying that he has time to perfect his because Sandman's coming to Netflix as a TV oh. show, 
And so he's got time to perfect his scripts because he's also writing the, the screen pl- screenplays, I guess, for each of the episodes. So he's spent the time to perfect it that he might not have had because there's so much rush when it comes to this, like the, the crunch to get get it out, you know, to, or start filming as soon as possible because you need all of this stuff to start. But if you can't start because of the pandemic, then you got you have time to really build out, potentially go back for rewrites and really perfect it in ways that you might not have. It's kind of neat. It's almost like you have extra time. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. It's interesting because didn't they just release a Neil Gaiman, uh, sorry, a San Sandman audio drama like starring like they James? Did. Also has Michael and, Sheen in it. Yeah, like I'm a, pretty sure Michael Sheen. It might be the same cast. I've got to double check that. Actually, that's a good point. That's pretty interesting. But there is, I don't know, maybe they didn't cast it. But I imagine Michael Sheen will work on this with Neil Gaiman because Michael Sheen and Neil Gaiman are apparently friends. And I, oh, wait, he was in. Bad Omens is Neil Gaiman, is it not? Yeah, it is. And he's in and that American as well. Gods is Neil Gaiman as well. But is Michael Sheen in it? I don't know. I don't think so. So there's a lot of shows for Neil Gaiman in development. Yeah. Neil Gaiman was initially working with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Was it a film for Sandman? Yes. Yes, oh, it was. Oh, so they changed course. Yeah. So now they're I remember you Netflix. mentioning that, actually. Or not you mentioning that. Uh, I remember it after you've mentioned it. Yeah. They did. He bowed out. Like, there's no more Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Like, he's not working with bad. Salmon anymore. I'm not sure what happened. Joe Gorlev, dude. No Joe, Joe Gorlev. I don't know what happened with that. Maybe he again. It was. I think it was a creative differences leave again. Mm. But Neil Neil Gaiman's still a part of it, so I don't know if it matters. Yeah, I mean, he's quite literally the creator. <laughs> he did create. If it was the opposite, I'd be like, eh. Yeah, I know. That's another. We're having a Avatar: The Last Avatar, 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 Avatar situation. The Last disappointment again. This is a very positive episode. It is. It is a positive episode. This is just hype. All the hype here. It's exciting. Choo-choo all aboard the hype train, baby. Number five. According to Deadline, Olivia Wilde has signed on with Sony to direct a Sony Marvel superhero film. Many believe this particular film to be an adaptation of the Spider-Woman character of the Spider-Man universe. Following the success of her last movie, Booksmart, Olivia Wilde is a fairly sought-after director. Sony is currently attempting to build out the Sony Marvel Universe in a significant way, with multiple characters like Morbius, Kraven the Hunter, Silver Sable, and Black Cat, all said to be receiving their very own spin-off films. The Venom movie starring Tom Hardy launched in 2018. Two mediocre reviews. Yeah, it was it was alright. It's fine at best. It's yeah. nothing, uh, nothing too crazy. Uh, this is pretty cool though i really really loved booksmart i think that movie was stellar olivia wilde is like i think booksmart was her first movie that she directed if i recall correctly yeah like big feature film exactly yeah and i think she knocked it out of the park so that's really yeah, it's cool. very it's got the the vibes the ladybird vibes the coming of age story yeah the, it's it really funny me of super bad quite a bit like a, a little bit too yeah. yeah yeah and it's funny enough it's, it's jonah hill's sister yeah, so yeah. that works out, I guess. It's Beanie, funny, Beanie Feldstein. So, so like that's really cool. Wasn't the Spider Woman movie initially going to be? No, never mind. That's Batwoman. I was gonna say, wasn't it gonna be like directed by Joss Whedon? But I'm thinking of Batwoman. That for was sure. Bat. Yeah, Batgirl. Batgirl. Ah, and that's not happening anymore. Definitely is not. Now, oh, 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 well, no, it's still happening. Although it wasn't announced or anything at DC Fandom. Yes, yeah, so I, I assume that. I'm guessing it's shelved for now. That was, uh, I believe, Christina Hodson as well, but I don't know mm. what's going on. Initially, it was Joss Whedon written, and then he, he left and said, I don't know if there's a, a more sexy wor- word for failure. That, that was his, his quote. Wow. So he failed on the, on the way out of that project. Oof. <laughs> Oof. Um, anyway. This, this is kind of interesting. So, like, th- this is, this is going to be probably the most negative I'm going to be 
uh, on this podcast today. Because, okay. Um, okay. 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 I okay. am excited. I th- like. I have confidence in Olivia Wilde. Yeah. And me too. Cool. Like a Spider Woman movie. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. But what the fuck is this universe? We had the trailer. Well, that's for, the universe that I'm not really confident. Like, in. This is we Sorry, had. Yeah, so we no. had the Morbius trailer, right? Oh yeah. What and we? at the end of the Morbius trailer, we have Michael Keaton's Vulture from Spider Man Homecoming in that trailer. I don't remember that. You don't remember that? No. No, it's it's a specific scene. He's he's literally wearing the the outfit that he is in prison in at the end of Spider Man Homecoming. Okay. Okay. At the end of the Morbius trailer. Yeah. So, like, what I'm trying Where to say Where are they going is, with this? What the fuck is this universe? Is this, like, is this going to be, like, a Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. slash, you know, Daredevil-style universe where it's, like, maybe they'll Not reference... connected. Yeah, like, where it's connected. Oh, to the Marvel brackets. Cinematic Universe? Yeah, where or it's to connected. to the Spider-Man universe. To the MCU. Like, is it, like it's going to be... I'd imagine that it's going to be connected to Tom Holland's Spider-Man. But eventually, like not reference to anything else, or the MCU won't reference it at all. I think my criticism of this situation is that do I want it to reference this? If you're going to create mediocre movies like Venom and then have Far From Home, those two shouldn't connect. No. So maybe okay. So Andy Serkis is making the next Venom movie, Venom Two, the second Venom. Yes, that's a good yeah. <laughs> when hey, that's he, something like I would, what I would call when it. the second Venom movie arrives to, to to the scene, will it be good enough? That it's worth even connecting Far From Home, like Far From Home Tom Holland, Homecoming Tom Holland's Spider-Man, the MCU quality movie to Venom or to Craven the Hunter or to Black Cat. They got to make good movies here. This is the issue. So like Spider-Man like notoriously has gone through the ringer of bad movies and the universe has been pretty bad. Yes. Like they were going to create the uh, Sinister Six with... Andrew, Andrew Garfield. Gar- Gar- Garfield. Do you know Spider-Man? that he eats uh, Mondays? Hilarious. Yeah, he really did it with that joke. And so, anyways, I'm just wondering what's going to happen. It, yeah, I agree with you. Like, what is this? What is this? What is this? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> That's all I have to say. About what is this? this? But if okay, so let's, let's say they let's say they built all of the movies I just listed: Morbius, Craven the the Hunter, Silver Sable, and Black Cat. Let's say they make all of these movies, and then Venom Two is good with Andy Serkis and Carnage. I don't know if Carnage is still being played by. <laughs> Woody Harrelson. Yeah, I, I think. <laughs> but oh, okay. Uh, quick, 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 quick reference to the the Venom movie. Yeah. Where for one, Woody Harrelson is wearing the most ridiculous fucking wig of all time. The most. Look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go it back. Looks like, it looks you haven't like you seen that. Fucking, just look up clip of Carnage Woody Harrelson online and it looks tell like us he, that it that's like not he, the most ridiculous. They literally wig went to Spirit Halloween. Seen. <laughs> it looked like they went to Spirit Halloween and bought like a five dollar wig. <laughs> And put it on his head. They didn't, they didn't the even, day before, they're like, Woody Harrelson, you want to do this movie? And then they didn't have any wigs they just, to fit his head. It's just, and oh my goodness. It's the worst thing the costume, I've ever seen in my life. The co- costume coordinator assistant to the... And, and Tom Martin walks in and he's just like, oh, hey, hey, man, how's it going? And he's like, I don't know how it's going, but let me tell you, it's going to be carnage, dude. Check out my wig. <laughs> it's red. <laughs> That's literally the lines in that movie. It was movie. not good. That is, that is, I just did an exact... I don't know, that movie was, the more I think about that movie, it wasn't good, though. It was not good. There's Tom like, Hardy's the highlight, but... Yeah, he's he, so good. He deserves more. Yeah, no, he does he deserve deserves more. better. Uh, I wonder about, like, also Morbius. Like, just looking, okay, just going, forgetting the part about the Michael Keaton at the end. Morbius doesn't look bad necessarily. It could be good, 
But is this another like be. Jared Leto strikeout? Like, is he just gonna keep getting these movies and he's gonna like go above and beyond in terms of like ridiculous method acting, not on fil- you know film? Jared... Like, he's just not on camera doing really crazy things. Jared Leto literally drank his co-star's blood. He likes he like while they were sleeping, he went into their <laughs> hotel room and just and just drank. You're their making blood. this up. I know. You're no, it's it true. It's 100 no, percent no, true. But it probably happened though. Yeah, he's a... I know you're making it up, but. <laughs> <laughs> it, it would be believable. It happened. It I believe be it happened. Jared Leto's a fucking crazy human being. That okay. guy's meant. Did you? So, quick, on the topic of Jared Leto, sure. literally, when for Blade Runner 2049, fantastic movie. What a movie. He literally pretended to be blind on set the entire time he That's filmed okay. that movie. That's okay. That's fine. Whatever. No, it's not. He did a good job. He did a good job. He did amazing. But, like, what the. Oh, he how? didn't strike out in that movie. No, he didn't. But what the fuck? Like, why are you. Why are you? Why are you like this? Book? Just why are you like? It helps feel- though. That kind of thing helps. If you like, I, I imagine like Charlie Cox's Daredevil in the Netflix Daredevil movie. Yeah, I, I don't know if he, he probably didn't do this, but he does a really good job of pretending he's blind. Um, I, I'd imagine that would help a little bit to pretend you're blind. Is this, I, I wonder more so how far it went. Like, was he like? Did he have to get driven home? Yeah, like he like he had a walking stick and just fucking went around set. But how long did it go? Like I, it, I imagine the entire filming process. <laughs> yeah, that's what I wonder. So he had to like get his assistant to drive him home. Can you make me dinner? Or maybe he learned to make dinner blind. The reason why he's sitting in most of Blade Runner twenty forty nine is because he fell down a flight of stairs because he refused to look around. No, <laughs> that's not true. Again, I that's feel like true. Jared Leto. But I, I wonder like, though, did he did he drink his co-star's blood? That he did, might have he happened. Did. No, he literally did. I I read that on a. Do you think Morbius is going to be good? Uh, no, no, I don't. Jared Leto is a great actor. Don't get me wrong. And you know what? Like I'm going to say this, but I feel like I would not get along with Jared Leto. I don't think Jared Leto would like me. Period. Full stop. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that he would like me, and I would, I would just not like him. I feel like he has no sense but, of humor. Am but I... Jared Leto just like. Am I wrong? Anytime I like hear this guy, I'm just like, this guy is a fucking dickhead. Does he take himself too seriously? I think so. I think so. Maybe he was in Thirty Seconds to Mars. Great band. Yeah, people love him. In yeah, that. it's, it's like, a good band. They, they love him. Yeah, but. Like I don't know, Jared Leto. Like anytime I hear anything about him, I'm just like, this guy is this guy's a whack job. He's a whack job. Like he, there's would, he there's not a single sane brain cell in his brain. Not a single one. He's just he's this guy's crazy. This guy's like absolutely. You're going crazy. a little bit over the top. We, we never met the guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't. You know, maybe he's a very nice guy, but I don't know. I just he could be. Like, Again, mean, sending your co-star a used condom is not the yeah, what not the fu- really the kindest. De- like, like rats in the box. Like what? Yeah, what? What did the HR department think on this? I I think it's I've a little said, confusing. Like I don't know if I said you, did, this, you said this before. Yeah, yeah like, you did. If I went into my my job and I just gave someone a used condom, you'd be fired. I'd be f- instantly. I would I would be not only fired. I'd probably be dragged out on the street and. Uh, yeah, maybe the police would come. Yeah, no, the police would come, and yeah. I would have a fucking sure. sexual harassment. I would be on a, I would be on a list. I'd, I, I wouldn't <laughs> be able to go. Actually, to, yeah, I wouldn't be able you, to go anywhere. No, that's probably true. Like what? Like what? No, it's crazy. Anyways, I just want to <laughs> draw your attention away from Jared Little for a moment. <laughs> I just want to point out, actually, so these these crazy side characters and Black Hat you see a lot, and I feel like Silver Sable's less known, and so is Craven the Hunter and Morbius. 
Venom is very popular. Mm-hmm. But a lot of these crazy side villain characters that they're building up in these extra movies, these spin-off films, I feel like I just made a connection with like Suicide Squad where literally James Gunn went to the Rose, Rogues Gallery and just picked up random names like Polka Dot Man. Yeah. Whom, by the way, actually, James Gunn was asked by a fan during DC Fandom, who's your favorite character in Suicide Squad? And he literally said Polka Dot Man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means for the movie but it's definitely interesting but anyway that kind of idea is him poking fun at all these different characters and pulling them all into this weird weird like they're all misfits sony's not really treating these characters as misfit characters they're they're treating them very seriously like these are serious characters so there's a big difference between what james gunn is doing i'm just i wanted to point that out in suicide squad and then what Sony's doing. I think Sony's making potentially mistakes because they're building a movie, not like Guardians of the Galaxy, where they build a movie about multiple different characters that can hold up that ens- that ensemble cast, holds up that film. Uh, same with Suicide Squad. Yeah. A whole movie held up by Morbius? Some I fucking, don't know. He's like a bitch-ass vampire. It could be good, but I just it's wonder. It's not going to be good. Like, is this going to be a me- It seems like mediocrity. I don't know. I'm it's hoping not going it's good. To be. I'm hoping it's not going to be. I have high hopes. Actually, I have low hopes. I'm going to keep my expectations low. My expectations have never been lower ever. I have quite literally. I hope for the best, but plan for the worst in this case. I hope. I don't hope at all no. about anything. About anything. But about Ellie, Ellie, come on, bud. You I don't do have hope. To hope. You have so much hope now because of Ellie. Yeah, that's true. You were beaming when you came in here and sat I was down. Beaming. There was light. Didn't say any words, of course, because we don't talk outside don't the talk podcast. Outside the spot, but you are yeah. honestly beaming. Anyways. I think that's it. That's it for the news. This was an exciting news day because, again, DC Fandom only aired yesterday. We're filming this on a Sunday. By the way, this episode, you'll notice, it did air a little late, and I do apologize. The reason why that is is because we wanted to make sure we had all the stories about DC Fandom prepared. We had seen all the content, and uh, that was the key. But, of course, we air every Monday, and that's not changed in this case. It still aired. It still airs on Monday. But now, off the news and on to the montage, a sequence of our show in which I briefly present the week's smaller news stories as Adrian delivers a brisk verdict. Number one, according to website The Verge, Warner Brothers animated show Animaniacs is officially being rebooted on the Disney-owned Hulu streaming service with Steven Spielberg executive producing. Never heard of it. Number two, as reported by Deadline, Paramount Pictures is rebooting the road trip comedy Planes, Trains, and Automobiles that will star Will Smith and Kevin Hart in the leading roles. This is exactly what I wanted in a Planes, Trains, and Automobiles reboot. Number three, as Deadline reports, The Matrix 4 starring Keanu Reeves has begun filming again in Berlin with appropriate COVID-19 safety measures in place. Scheiße. Berlin Vol. Number four. As reported by Variety, Warner Media has fired three producers from the Ellen DeGeneres show Ellen and has promoted DJ Twitch to co-executive producer in an attempt to repair the toxic work environment on set. I hope DJ Twitch can fix all the issues going on on that set, honestly. Number five. According to website Vulture, Amazon is producing a heist movie starring Daniel Day Kim and Randall Park. I, yeah. Yeah, that's a thing that's happening. Number six, as reported by Collider, Orlando Bloom expressed his interest in watching Amazon's upcoming Lord of the Rings TV series and explained that the series is not in fact a remake of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, but a story taking place within the same universe. That is super cool. Where is Orlando Bloom? He was in that one Amazon show with Cara Delevingne where he's like playing a fairy or some shit. Correct, he's still in Carnival Row, airing on Amazon. Season two, soon to come out. Number seven, according to CBC News, Canada's largest movie theater 
chain Cineplex has officially reopened all 164 theaters across Canada since last Friday. Wow! Number 8. According to Variety, a most violent year director, J.C. Chandor, has been tapped to direct the Sony Marvel Kraven the Hunter standalone movie within the Spider-Man universe. That's amazing. This is this is the best thing ever. Oh yeah, Sony with their Marvel movies, yeah. Number nine, as reported by Variety, Ray Fisher's allegations of an abusive and unprofessional work environment on set of Joss Whedon's reshoots of Justice League is now being investigated by Warner Media officially. They should get the world's greatest detective on the case. Number 10. During Dwayne The Rock Johnson's Black Adam panel at the DC Fandom, The Rock announced that the Black Adam movie will introduce the Justice Society of America characters Hawkman, Adam Smasher, Cyclone, and Doctor Fate. What? Oh my... That's so cool. Look at all these characters together. And that concludes the montage. Thank you very much, Simon, for uh, going through those. Um, you're welcome. Those... You're, you're very welcome. That was the most sarcastic I think you've ever ever completed a montage. I think. Me? Yeah, you were. What do you mean? I just I just feel like you were sarcastic. For most Me of sarcastic? Never. I'm, I'm I'm not criticizing you. I mean, there's different flavors to the montage every week. They they change up. Last week I feel like we disagreed a lot, so you were more negative. This week you were negative. very sarcastic. I think maybe you were trying to offset the idea of how positive we were. I'm trying to keep. I'm trying to keep everyone on, like, on the edge of their seat. Of course. I'm trying to keep. I I'm not criticizing. I'm not criticizing. It's all good. I don't want anyone to uh, suspect anything. But we got the new releases to present. What do we got? What do we got? Oh my God! So get ready for this one. You will never guess. On August the 27th, Tenet, 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 Tenet is all there. All three of those movies are coming out on the 27th. Excellent. All of them. I think 27th is actually an advanced showing. I think it officially launches... On the 28th? I believe so. But it launched... Like, it's also we on can the 26th. Watch it, yeah, like in Cineplex on the 26th. Right. So what I is I think it? that they're taking Who advantage because honestly, there's just no... Like I drove by Cineplex the other day. Actually, today. Um, How many cars were in the parking Sunday. lot? Today's Sunday. What, uh, sorry? How many cars were in the parking lot? Uh, not very many. And that's Eight? my criticism... Well, not criticism, but concern. I, I'm a little concerned because there's very few. Uh, less than eight. Less than eight. Yeah. Under so eight. like, so like Under nine eight. or ten. That's not math, but but it was Maths. less than five. I think it was. Mm. It was like midday. It's a Sunday. Not really a huge movie day necessarily, but def- definitely during a pandemic. I'm excited to see Tenet though. So Tenet, yeah. We will we will see how that goes. What's Tenet. the second movie on your docket? So the next movie that's coming out is New Mutants. This is on August the twenty eighth. The last movie in the hit X-Men franchise. It's the last Fox movie that's not made by Fox because they reshot a bunch of it. And the director got to make his own cut when Disney bought Fox. And it's his own vision. It's his own vision. It's the New Mutants' his own vision. That's that's the subti- subtitle of the movie. Right. Disney chose, instead of the new Fox cut that yeah. they made the director recut... Disney said, hey, no, actually, we like the original movie. Yeah. I think that that's a very interesting story. That's cool. That's, that's exciting enough. To I'm excited watch. to see that. I definitely want to see it. I just kind of feel bad that they would launch. That's, again, why they shouldn't have launched this weekend, 28th. Because of Tanae? Yeah. Yeah. It's a huge misstep. You're right. I was saying last week it was a problem. I didn't even think of that. That's that's mm-hmm. a whole other. That's a whole other. a whole other, other can whole of worms. other can of worms. Do we have any other movies? No, that's it. No, there are only kidding. two. Nah, I'm just kidding, man. I got you. I tricked you. What I are these you. based on, by the way, other than our 
Oh, knowledge. The, so they're based on a couple of sources. We always got to list the sources. Yeah. So you got to make sure the hit source m.the-numbers.com. Right. The, the, the most, most reliable, reliable website on, on the, the internet. internet. And some from the movie Insider, some from Rotten Tomatoes. All, yeah. 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 So what's the third movie? Uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music. Oh, exciting. That's yeah. also weird. Wow. That's a VOD one. That's they, not coming to the theaters, though. That's oh. a video on demand. Okay, so it's no, not so bad. No. That can survive. Tenet. I mean, it could be a bad movie. I don't know. Definitely Tenet's not the same genre as Tenet, Bill and yeah. Ted's you know, Face the Music. I think, it's, I think it is. It has a lot to do with time travel, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's the same. <laughs> it's pretty much the same thing. Same idea. Uh, the next movie that is coming out is a movie called Centigrade. This is a thriller movie. It's about a man and a, and and pregnant wife. I don't know if it's his pregnant wife or just a pregnant wife in general. It was pretty unclear with the description. <laughs> and they're stuck in a car because of a snow storm. I just wrote because of a because of a snow. <laughs> it's a snowstorm. So isn't it possible that you literally wrote and a pregnant wife as opposed to and his pregnant wife like it said <laughs> it, uh, maybe I'm in the document up. online? Maybe, maybe it is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. But there's that movie coming out, which I will never watch. The next movie that's coming out is The Courier. This is a 2020 movie. However, there's a 2019 movie of the same name that is a 6% on Rotten Tomatoes. But it's, this is a different movie. This is a different The Courier movie. Great. This one is like... Is this like Suicide Squad? It's like called the same exact thing. Like Suicide Squad is the second Suicide Squad, but this is actually the second movie to Courier. No. The 6% Rotten So Tomatoes like movie? it's Suicide Squad, but we're getting the Suicide Squad. The, the 2019... Oh, yeah. Sorry. I forgot yeah. that. The, the. No, no, my mistake. It's not... The 2019 movie isn't called Courier. It's called The Courier. And the 2020 movie is also called The Courier. So, so it's. Just, I thought you were going to say that it's called Courier without the the. No, no, okay. they're both called The Courier. Exactly the same name. Good to know. Anyways. So uh, confusing. And what is it about? I don't know because I got confused. <laughs> I got very, you just stopped your research yeah, I just, there? Yeah, I just gave up. I go, oh, that's it. I was like, this is, this is odd. Cool. I thought the most interesting aspect of it that there's a, there's a Another movie, movie by the that's same terrible. name that is awful. <laughs> Um, the next movie is a movie called Rogue. This one actually looks cool. I watched the trailer a while back. It's starring Megan Fox. And honestly, it seems like a similar plot line to Extraction, except it's a team of people that have to go save some 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 person's, some politician's child from uh, okay. someplace. But there's also like a lion in it that, that kills people or a tiger. I think it's a lion. I did see this trailer. I realized that one looks yeah. cool. That one looks fun. That one looks fun. It's kind of interesting to see Megan Fox as like a lead action hero role. Um, yeah, it's good. She kind of just disappeared for a little while there. I felt like she did a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Her acting is not always the best. So that's kind of like what I felt. Uh, like uh, again, like I mean, yeah. I feel like they really just doubled down on her being like just a sexy woman and like kind of being put into these. So, like, roles. They screwed her over, maybe. Um, however, in New Girl TV show, which uh, stars Zoe Deschanel, yeah, yeah, um, there's a there, there's a season I, I forget which season, like season five or six, like later on in the show where Zoe Deschanel she's pregnant, so she leaves the show uh, briefly, and yeah. Megan Fox comes into it and kind of takes the like she's like subletting the apartment, and she's phenomenal in the show. She's absolutely really? hilarious. Wow, that's great. Um, and yeah, I really really loved Megan Fox in New Girl. Uh, and then, yeah, like she's at, like, did she leave the show after yeah, that? Yeah, she, she does. Is New leave Girl it. done, by the way? Did it wrap it up? It is, yeah. Okay. It wrapped up. Did Oddly, it get an ending or did it, it did, just get canceled? It did get an ending. Okay. Oddly which, enough, there's a crossover in New Girl with Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I knew about that, yeah. Yeah, which is funny because there's one of the characters from New Girl 
is a guy called Coach. The actor that plays him is a character in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but he's a different character. So they actually oh. they actually poke fun at it in the crossover event. Oh, interesting. Um, they like both call the because the actors in it and they both call them by the names from the respective TV shows. Huh, cool. Very yeah, meta. Yeah, it is. And the next movie that's coming out is uh, Phineas. It's the Phineas and Ferb movie. That's on Disney Plus, right? I think so. Uh, there's a subtitle. It's something about Candace and she's she's one of the characters from the movie and and her title's in the name. So there's that one. That's coming out. I never watched Phineas and Ferb. Did you watch Phineas and Ferb? No. I feel no, like I that didn't. was after my time, but maybe not. Maybe I just missed it. But I think it was after my time. I like grew up on like Recess and The Weekenders. Right. I don't Anyways. know if I'm. I'm not sure if I missed it either. Like the yeah definitely yeah because like like my 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 close friend Peter he's like my age and he he watched Phineas and Ferb. Oh, so you just maybe you just yeah. Maybe I just missed it. He is also a little bit underdeveloped. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) I'm just kidding. He's a fantastic human being. He's one of the best friends. And then the last movie that I could find is uh, a movie called The Personal History of David Copperfield. As far as I'm aware, this movie is about the personal history of David uh, Copperfield. That is, uh, that's my understanding. Thank you for your insight. No worries. Great. That's it. Thank you very much for that. (laughs) No worries, man. Anytime, anytime. Let's reach back into the mailbag for a moment here, shall we? We ask our listeners to write into us with comments, questions, and corrections by way of Twitter or by email to splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com. Oliver Papov wrote into us once more. Again? Yes, after his great suggestion for us to watch the short film Aggregator Amaletto. Yes. And he now says, hi. Hi, man. How are you? That's it. That's all he said. Oh. No, I'm kidding. He's got lots more here. I wanted to say the Pocahontas podcast episode was really great. I could listen to people shit on Avatar for hours. And I was wondering if you could please create a new podcast where the entire point of it is to complain about how terrible Avatar is. I think that could be arranged. I think you have enough material to last you until the next movie at the very least. Then potentially infinite material after the next film comes out. Yeah, honestly, I think we could do that. Also, please review the film Vivarium. Beware, it will make you depressed, even though it's not really that kind of movie. Signed, Oliver Smegelheimer Esquire. Wait one, wait one second. I thought his name was Oliver Papov. Well, it is, because the email is the same. So I just surmised. But So Vivarium is, it's, I definitely heard of this movie. It's, it's actually pretty well regarded. I think it's like a 70 something on Rotten Tomatoes, 72% on Rotten Tomatoes. It stars Jesse Eisenberg. And again, the one thing I kept on hearing about it is that it's similar to Black Mirror. Oh, interesting. Um, I think the description. One of the episodes or in general? Because I mean. I don't know. It just says in this Black Mirror-esque thriller, a young couple uh, looking for the perfect starter home becomes trapped in a mysterious labyrinth. Uh, but this is definitely, this is actually on my list. It's on Crave. Like, I actually added this to my list, like, a couple weeks back. Okay, perfect. Um, I just never got around to it. So let's do it. Let's try and do it this week if we can. I know Tenet's coming out, so it might Tenet. be a little tricky. Yeah. But uh, let's try our best. Um, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll try my best. The, the Yeah, like, there's just so many. Like, I still want to watch Train to Busan, Peninsula. I want to watch New Mutants. I want to watch Tenet. I know, and they're in theaters. Yeah, that's tough. It's a little different, though, but yeah, that's fair. We're going to do our best. If, if not this week, then the next week. Sure. But anyways, yeah, thank you very much for writing into us. You Oliver can again, Smegelheimer, Esquire. Yeah, I should have maybe said that, but again, his email was the same as when he emailed us for Amaletto, so I don't know who he, th- he thinks he's fooling, <laughs> but regardless. Oh, I also watched uh, The Happening. 
No, you didn't. didn't. I didn't know. Yo, yeah, yeah. He suggested that we watch The Happening and review it. That's not going to happen. Well, I did watch it, and I did review it. It's terrible. I watched a five-minute explanation video on The Happening. You did? And uh, it's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. To be fair, that video that I watched was very biased towards how much the person hated the movie, so... Who knows? Who knows? Maybe I'm going to watch a, a positive review of The Happening. Yeah, find make... a positive review. Somebody who liked it and thinks it's their best, the best movie of uh, all time. Uh, I'm Mark Wahlberg. I, I talk to uh, uh, plants. Sure, that's the movie right there. You're, you're to your second, folks? Anyways, so yeah, just again, thank you for writing in. Please write into us, splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter. Each of us individually, you can direct message us or at our split focus. It's split underscore focus on Twitter. Don't message me. Though. Right into us. What? Don't message me. Why not? Reverse psychology, dude. Oh, yeah. Don't message him. Yeah, don't message me. Don't message him. <laughs> but that's it. That pretty much wraps up our podcast. And I very much appreciate you listening. Uh, I appreciate you joining me, Adrian. Thank yeah, you I was for waiting for that one. What? For you to appreciate me. I do appreciate you. Yeah, I thanks, appreciate man. you being here. You You're welcome. Drove all this way. Seven hours. Here. We don't talk outside the podcast. We don't. It's a very difficult time in between. I don't even know how I realized that we were filming a day later. I miss I you assume. so much between the, the yeah. between the dude. I miss you too. I keep saying filming, recording, recording, yeah. it's recording, we're recording now. We're not filming podcasts. What are you doing anymore. Tuesday? Do you work Tuesday? Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, I might be free. I might be free. Do you work? Why are we having this discussion? Can I wrap this up? Yeah, I guess. I was just oh yeah, we can't talk outside the podcast. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. Do you work uh, no, I'm I'm free. What's up? All right, Let's you know, go. I'll get I'll get back to you. I'll uh, tell someone to message you about what what I planned. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to the eighth episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and this is Adrian Pinter signing off. I cannot wait for everything that's coming, but you know what? You know what? You know, like there's, you know what? You don't have to wait for Batman v Superman, and it's a good movie, and you, and I'm sure if you watch it, you'll agree. I hope you have a good night and uh, take care. Goodbye. Take care.